Welcome back to This Is Hardcore Podcast. You just heard Writing on the Wall by Sector. Sector features Anshit from MH Chaos. This is a one of the bands that Anshit and the Chicago guys just have. But um, Shadow Realm got to play some shows with them in Indiana and uh, Michigan. Fucking fantastic time. They finally got an LP coming out. So on our friend Lumpy's Records, uh, D-A-Z-E Records. You can go to daz-style.com to pre-order this. The record will be coming out September 20th. Full record. Much love to Anshit. He just got married. He's got records coming out. Multiple bands. Coolest fucking dude. So happy for him. This is going to be a cool episode. And I'm excited. There are going to be some more tracks in this episode, but I uh, always want to open up with some new shit so you can check it out. Big shout out to Bob for selling out FYA super fast once again. Slam fucking dunk. Big ups. Lots of cool shit going on in hardcore. This Sunday, Concrete, Gloves Off, Street Struck, Pure Bliss, and Born from Demise. It's a 3 p.m. show at the yard in Ambler. Bring a skateboard. Have some fun. Mosh for some bands. September 3rd, Jive Bomb killing me, reaching out, garrote, crashing down. This is at the media VFW. Sidebar, killing me, reaching out, garrote are all featured on this podcast along with Soupy, Ben Stuckey, closing out this episode being the promoter. Very cool. Come check out everybody featured on today's podcast. They will be playing September 3rd at the Media VFW. Jive Bomb Killing Me, Reaching Out, Garrote, Crashing Down. The following day is a back-to-back bangers at the VFW. Rock Bottom, they got a new track out. Not One Truth, Fool's Game, Conduit, and Last Man Out. Also, September 9th. Yuki Club, the Acacia Chain, Sansuga Bog, Body Box, Gloves Off. Then September 11th, Regrown, Big Shot, Montclair, Deal With God, and Curate. And then at the church, Creeping Death, 200 Stab Wounds, Age of Apocalypse, Sinwalakra, Tribal Gaze. Lots of cool shit. Make sure to follow us at phillyhcshows.com. It's not just me. It's Bob Wilson. It's AXBX, Alex Bradley, Ben Stuckey whole gang of us. Chris X all putting out some shows in the Philadelphia area. Follow at Philly HG Shows on Instagram and Twitter. I need to make notice that John Rivera of Greensboro, North Carolina passed away. For those of you who don't know, he created a label called Head First and he had this amazing digital archive of North Carolina punk and hardcore shit called Punks and Paper. He passed away and the family needs some help. He's a father. He's got some children and a wife. So one of the wildest shows in recent memory have come out to help out in just an awesome way that hardcore manages to do these things. Undying, prayer for cleansing, catharsis, a revisionist history in the life of John Rivera. And um, some more bands from North Carolina probably be a part of it. Uh, 
And this is Sunday, December 18th. I think this goes on sale tomorrow, which means it'll sell out in about 10 seconds. Maybe there'll be another show. Who knows? But, you know, John was a good guy. His archive's incredible. Head First was a cool record label. And it's great to see his scene stepping up for his family. So this episode is a short group of interviews with the people who are taking over the area hardcore scene. And in the interviews, I was referring to them the young ones, but the episode is the new breed. And these are the folks who are carrying the torch, picking up some of them are second generation, meaning their parents were hardcore people and still are hardcore people and raised amazing hardcore children who are now closing in on being hardcore adults. Some just found hardcore and have run speed of light into some amazing bands. And every one of their stories have some similarities. Some have some differences, but couldn't be happier and prouder of the people on this podcast and the future that they have within the hardcore scene. And already the contributions they've done is incredible. So I hope you enjoy this one. So, this is my interview with Andrew Walker of Killing Me. That was a track, Killing Me, off the 302 demo called Killing Me. 
So here's my chat with my young man. We are starting off this podcast entitled The Young Ones with one of my favorite young people in hardcore today, none other than Andrew of Killing Me. So thank you for coming on the show, Andrew. Yeah, for sure. So one of the coolest pictures that I've seen on the internet this year has been you in your high school graduation gimmick with the hardcore shirt underneath and just like the old, like probably the penultimate hardcore kid getting out of high school, but you're not your average high school kid graduating high school. Are you? I mean, I like to go to shows. I mean, it's (laughs) pretty average. I think. (laughs) Um, Nah, for me specifically, I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions in relation, not only just to killing me, but just you as a hardcore kid in general. Yeah. So how did you find hardcore? What was the path that make you find hardcore? Like, how did you, what was the music that you heard? And then how did that get you into hardcore music? So my dad would always like put me on to a lot of like eighties metal, like Metallica, Slayer, Megadeth, anything like that. And then uh, from there, I had a friend who was super into, like, punk. So he put me on to, like, Descendants and Bad Brains and Minor Threat. And it was all, like, like I liked metal, but I also liked punk. So I was just, like, just trying to find that middle ground of, like, having, like, fast songs but also heavy. So from like there just listening to bad brains and then like finding i guess more modern bands like hearing like turnstiles first few uh eps that they released in like 2012 and then i just kind of started going to shows from uh seeing flyers that uh either jacob smith would post or uh james austin So when you think of when you think of hardcore punk, do you see the relation in with like the metal stuff or was it just a big jump between the two from what you first were exposed to and then when you heard hardcore punk? Like it's it's not like the biggest jump, but there's definitely like some things that are different like maybe the songs are shorter, which I like and then but I, it wasn't too big of a jump. Now, where was your first show at? Was it a rock concert show? Was it something that wasn't hardcore? Like, were you going to live music or was your first live thing really a hardcore show? Uh, so I went to like a bunch of like metal shows and like metal concerts and what kind of, what kind of shows were they? Like what was was like Slayer? Yeah. Like big, like either like stadium shows or something like that. My first uh, concert I ever went to, uh, I was 10 and my dad took me to see Alice Cooper and Motley Crue. That's fucking awesome. I love it. And yeah, it was sick. Uh, As you can like, just think like any 10 year old, just seeing chicks flash bands and uh, pyrotechnics. I've been there myself. That's how I grew up going to heavy metal shows, (laughs) seeing boobs and just being like, this is the coolest shit ever. <laughs> so I'm, I'm right in a boat. You hit me with, you hit me in my soft spot, heavy metal, 
all of it. I love it. Yeah. Uh, what what came first, the music or wanting to play music? Oh, uh, probably the music that I would I would usually always listen to whatever my uh, mom or my dad had downloaded on their like iPod or something. So I'd listen to like a lot of eighties music. So, but uh, I think the band that made me want to start playing music is probably Kiss because. I just like saw those are the fucking videos. best. Yeah, I like I would see live videos of them play and just like with all like the fire and like the blood shit, and I was like, dude, this is fucking hard. And uh, so I think I was about eight when uh, my parents took me to get my first guitar, and then I kind of just would go on from there. Was it self-taught or was it lessons? I got lessons from like eight to thirteen, but past that, I was just like. You know, I just kind of need to go my own way. And uh, I've learned pretty much all I need to learn from my teacher. And so now I can just start doing my own thing and like writing my own music. Do you see the similarities in the playing from the metal stuff that you first heard to the hardcore stuff that you first heard? And then now in seeing what you're playing between Killing Me and Struck Nerve and how they all kind of tie together? Yeah, because I know like, like Metalhead Me from like, way back would have been just so stoked to hear killing me and then i know even though i didn't write any of the struck nerve music i know uh like punk me like 13 year old me would be super psyched to hear struck nerve so you're a man of many talents my friend including uh moshing with a broken fucking foot (laughs) with the fucking scooter (laughs) <laughs> literally seeing you just hopping around the first I, it felt forever but it wasn't <laughs> it was yeah, fucking it was great like, that was yeah that was keystone in january yeah, <laughs> yeah it was keystone and then i i saw you at fya and i'm like what the fuck is this kid still doing here I so was, here's, yeah. here's the thing for you is does it feel weird to like now be out of high school and just even more immersed in hardcore or are you just like more psyched without school that you can just do more shows? I'm just super stoked to do more shows. Like I was still going to shows like even in high school, obviously, but now it's like, you know, a bit more freedom. So, you know, I'm maybe not getting uh, grounded for bad grades or something like that. So I can, just go out and go to shows without uh, having to worry about school the next morning. So we have some other guests on the young ones podcast this episode who came from parents of hardcore kids. Mm-hmm. So they kind of had an understanding family when it comes to shows, but how were your parents in relationship to you going to shows and coming home late and all the chaos that comes from the going to shows and then trying to be your average hardcore kid who also is a average high school kid by day. So my parents have always been like super lenient towards me just for the fact that they're like, oh, well, he's straight edge. So I know he's not going to go out and drink all night and like smoke a bunch of weed and shit. But at the same time, like toward like for the most part, it was like, you know, shows like early high school, like just only go to shows on weekends but, like, as I got, like, later in high school, they were like, all right, yeah, you can go to the show, but, you know, 
like we expect you to be up and ready for school. And even with FYA, for example, like the, it was the day I got back from Florida. It was like nine in the morning or something like that. And I got home and, uh, like I was so pissed off at first, but like, it's kind of funny just for the fact that as soon as I got home from FYA, came in the door, my mom was like, Oh, Hey, do you have a good time? I was like, yeah, it was sick. Like, thank you for letting me go. But, uh, she was like, all right, great. All right, now get ready for school. And I was just like, wait, what? Like I just got off like my flight and I'm like just super jet lagged and I just want to go to bed after FYA. But she was like, no, I mean, I let you go to Florida. So now you got to go to school. Good job on mom. She's holding you to the fucking shit there. I like that. Yeah, I I was so pissed because I was just so tired. But it's just funny the fact that as soon as I get back, she's like, all right, I'm glad you had a good time. School. That's the real shit, though. That's a mom who cares. Yeah. But, yeah, they've always been super sick about letting me go to shows. And uh, even, like, uh, before I had my license, my dad would always drive me to shows. What was your very first hardcore show? Um, my very first hardcore show, it was, it was actually in Delaware. So it was at this well, artscape or something like that. It was at, uh, the Blackbird community center in like okay. Southern Delaware. It was slower, lower. Yeah. It was, I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah. So it was like around like 2018, but it was the fight. Uh, I think Tourniquet, Sanction, and I think Year of the Knife, and then I'm trying to think. I think a f- like two other bands played, but I'm blanking on them. Now, how much of a difference was it from Titties and Slayer and Pyrotechnics to slower lower and a little community center uh so i was stoked on everything except for uh the lack of boobs being shown (laughs) but nah, nah it was sick um like i just thought it was so cool that you know because like coming from like metal and all that you're like, oh man, like these people in these bands seem so cool. Like, like I'll like never be able to talk to them in real life though. And then coming to like a hardcore show and how much interaction there is between like people in bands and people who aren't in bands. Cause like, it doesn't matter at all. Like who, like if you're in a band, if you're not like, you know, there's, for the most part, there's, like, no cool guy shit. Like, there's definitely, like, some here and there. But for the most part, it's, like, very, like, you know, no one's better than anyone just because they're playing music. So we're all friends and, like, we're all going to talk to each other. What do you think in your head was your first thought coming home after the show? I want to go to more shows. It's and you had, so 2018 so you were like 13 or 14 
Uh, yeah, I was 14. So it was kind of hard because you don't have the car. So you had to link up with some people for drives. Who were the people that were helping you get the shows? So definitely uh, my dad would drive me to a good bit of shows. Um, James Austin, he would definitely – he drove me to a bunch of shows. Um, then uh, my friend Peyton, she would always give – like me and all the homies rides. Um, and then like some of my friends, parents, and then whenever we couldn't find like a ride from like anyone's parents, it would usually be me, David and Maddie. And we would all just go like splitsies on like an Uber or a Lyft. So like spend like 50 bucks on like a ride to, like Philly. So we would just go there and skate for the day and then go to the show. And keeping with some of the questions that I've asked other people so far, what do you think separates you as a hardcore kid from you being around the high school kids you grew up with or the people in your neighborhood? Or do you not feel that different from the kids that you grew up with, even though that you got immersed in hardcore? Kind of like a mix of both, just because like, I I don't know. It seems like whenever I'm talking to someone who's like my age, who's like not into hardcore, like anything like that, I just think like, like what do you do? Like, cause like I've just been going to shows for this long. And like, even before hardcore going to like other, like, like shows in general for fun. And it's just like, I kind of just like ask them like, what do you do? And they're just like, Oh, I mean like, sit around, go to a party or something like that. And I'm just like, dude, a total square shit. I'm like, that's fucking boring as shit. Like go to a show. Like it doesn't even need to be hardcore. Like just go like, I don't know. So that, and I guess like, especially like, I don't want to say like, especially now, but like being straight edge and, going to a high school like most of the other kids are just like like, oh, like we want to party like we want to drink and like smoke weed and all that and like that's chill like do your thing but you know i'm not really interested in that now being that you came your first influence was metal but you had a taste of that minor threat bad brain stuff you play both in killing me and you play with struck nerve you have a good balance of the old school yeah. But you still know the modern hardcore. And I wonder how you find a balance because I think people your age tend to overlook or they say things, something like, I never really liked that band, even though you know they're just afraid to say they didn't check out some older stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, how did you, it's a weird way to phrase this, but how do you as a younger person respect the foundation of hardcore while being aware of the modern stuff. And as a musical player, we have to add the element of how do you decide what to influence and what you're writing now? So for like, I don't, that's hard. Like it's definitely for me, I, I definitely don't listen to as many old bands as I probably should just because I, 
I do really like to listen to like newer bands coming out just because like I want to support like the newer bands, but like I still like love listening to bands like whether it's Minor Threat or like 25 to Life or Madball and like Marauder and like all the New York shit and like Floor Punch and stuff like that. So I think it's like a good balance to find where you're like listening to old stuff that, you know, made hardcore what it is, but also like keeping in touch of what's like currently happening in hardcore. So you don't just get like stuck in a rut and like there's no new bands. So it's just like finding that right mix between like respecting what's like come before it and, but also like making sure new bands are coming in and you're supporting them. Do you think for newer bands and the newer generation, the importance is understanding the old roots, but having the birth of creativity to go beyond? Or do you think that we need to stay structured to what was old and not go too far out of the parameters, what hardcore already is? So I definitely think that I don't know with that it's like I don't want to make it seem like there's limitations on what you can do in hardcore but you know if if shit starts getting like a bit too far out of the box then maybe it's like you know maybe it's like something else maybe it's like metalcore or like some kind of a thing like that but I feel like with a lot of like maybe I don't know I think there definitely is like a point to where you could say you know maybe this isn't like completely hardcore but it's got like elements to it but yeah, I don't I don't know how to really answer that. It's a hard thing because obviously younger people are always going to especially the ones focused from the internet who don't have the deeper immersion like you had. You know, it's easy to pay lip service on the internet and say, "Oh, well we know that bad brains and agnostic front and all this stuff happened, but oh. we're focused on this new stuff." You hear that a lot on the internet and it's like as someone who I grew up in heavy metal and I found my first local shows were death metal shows. So uh, it's bizarre, like 30 years later, that young, young hardcore kids are creating death metal bands. Yeah. It's like, it's a bizarre thing to me. And the, I've said on this podcast a couple of times, like, it's cool that it's happening, but there is a huge divide between what the death metal culture is and the hardcore culture is. Mm-hmm. For, and that's not the listeners or the kids in the pit. It's the way that the bands operate, the way that the label, the, way, the entire cultures are completely different even though did their bands now play at these halls and i think that there's a divide sometimes between the younger kids who don't see the divide because all they know is the music the spotify the click mm-hmm. of the button it's all the same music if it's a click of the button so it's interesting to hear you say that it's, it's hard to determine that because i feel like anyone who doesn't have that kind of experience or like remembering when bands were influenced by this and the influences changes that it's harder for you to say that. And so it's cool that you answered it 
like from your heart and not trying to impress. <laughs> you know, it's a good thing. It's a good thing yeah. to be like, I don't know. Do you find yourself as a young kid wanting to be in a band so you don't have to have a job? Not at all. Like I, I completely realize with hardcore, I am not going to make any money off of it. And I'm completely okay with that. Like, you know, maybe as like, when I was like into metal, I would be like, yeah, like I want to be in like Metallica and like, I want to be like this big rock star, but like, you know, not saying like, you know, let your like childhood dreams die or anything like that. But, you know, you definitely come to a reality that like playing any music for a living is going to be tough. And, and with hardcore, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even want to do it as a job just because like, it's not a job. Like it's something that's like super fun and I love it so much. So I wouldn't want, it to become like a, oh like I gotta go play this show like I want to go to work and like even if I hate where I'm working or what I'm doing I can at least be like all right well I hate this but I know at the end of the day I'm gonna get to go play a show and that's gonna like bring my mood up so I am not expecting anything to happen with hardcore except for playing a show and like having my friends stoked on what I'm putting out. Another person on this podcast, actually most of the kids on this podcast, just go to shows. Doesn't mm -hmm. matter if they're playing. Doesn't matter if it's in a state or two away. Yeah. And I and I find that to be exhilarating and exciting to know that younger kids are doing things that I did at your age. Like at, you know, like at 17, 18, I was obsessed with the idea of just being at shows every weekend. Yeah. It didn't matter who. It didn't know. It didn't matter what. And it's awesome to see the, this generation now being completely excited to the point where I know I've seen you in Florida. I've seen you in other states. Mm -hmm. You're not even 21 years old. How does it feel as a kid from Delaware to be like, yeah, I've left the state, and most of the time, and hundreds of miles so far traveling, it's all for hardcore shows. It's like crazy to think about that, just because. I guess like I don't think about it too much. I just think of like, oh yeah, I can't wait to go to this show. Like, cause I mean, probably just cause I don't know, ever since I got my, my license and have been able to drive, I was just like, all right, if the show's within like three hours of a car ride to me, I'm going like, it doesn't matter. Like we're going. So Smoking like a true 18-year-old kid. I love it. I fucking love it. Um, what was the impetus to start killing me? So with that, like, I always, it was about, I think, it's like early 2020. And I was uh, standing outside of uh, the TLA after a show had just ended and I was talking with uh, Tyler Mullen or Molly and uh, he uh, he was just like oh like let me grab your phone number real quick and I was like all right cool and then probably wasn't even like two weeks later he hit me up and he was just like yeah like 
you play guitar, right? And I was like, yeah. He was like, would you want to start a band? And I was like, dude, fuck yes. Like when, like when he asked me, I was just so excited. I was just like, like, mom, I'm going to start a band. Like was just super stoked on it. And from there it was just like, Oh, like he was just like, Oh, who do you know who plays bass? And I was just, like, oh, my friend Chris plays bass, and he's, like, really good at it. So hit him up, and he was down right away. And then we were just like, all right, now we just want someone to do vocals. And, like, at that point, I, I'd i only known David for maybe, like, half a year. but And he had just had started going to shows. But I was just like, I feel like he could do it. Like, I feel like he'd be stoked on it. And sure enough, like, just asked him, and right away, he was so down for it. And then we Great just... front man. Yeah. Giant head, though. Yeah, yeah. He's He's got to work on that. But, uh... <laughs> yeah. So, we uh, just uh, got together for a practice and started writing the demo. I'm just having fun with it and just still doing the same thing. As a kid who gone from metal hard into hardcore into his first show, you level up when you start playing your first shows with your own band. Yeah. How did it feel to now have to get up on that stage and do it? Like not just be able to watch someone else's show, but having to do it. Like how did you take on that and how did it feel? Uh, I definitely get, I, I mean, I get nervous before every show we play, but playing that first show, especially since it was at the, the unity barbecue, like it was just like, I was just so excited to play a show finally after like two years of just going and watching shows to like finally be on like the forefront and like be the one playing the music. I was just like, I probably zoned out so many times just cause I was just like, like, wow, like I wanted to do this for like even before hardcore. So to be able to do that, it's just like that itself is like really like a dream come true. Since that first show, what have you guys done with Killing Me and where do you still want to take this band? Uh, since then, we we definitely took a good bit before releasing anything new, but uh happy we finally have our ep out bridges burned and that like some songs on there have been written for like even like when we wrote the demo but we were just finding when and how we're gonna release it and all that and so from there we did that run with simulacra for their uh tour for uh, their new LP and like that was like another one of those moments where I was like dude like we get to like travel to shows and play in the chip like in the shows like this is fucking awesome like and so just getting to like be on the road with like my best friends who I started going to shows with and to be playing those shows was just 
really sick. And so we were all just super happy to be on that tour. And then uh, from here, just want to play more shows and hopefully re record and write in like a full length. And from there, just keep playing shows and just keep having fun. I think it's awesome. I think it's great when a band goes from being like the local band so they take the, even if it's a couple dates, just jump out, get in a van, yeah. go do the damn thing. And then get that, that experience of it's always easy to play in from a room from your own friends. You mm -hmm. start playing out further away and this with the strangers, it becomes a little bit harder. And that, that little bit of like nervousness ticks in or you get excited. It's one or the other, but I, I think it's a great moment for you guys to start stepping up beyond this area. Yeah. It's definitely a great feeling too. Like seeing people you've never seen before. Cause I mean, it's always great playing shows in front of your friends and your friends moshing for you and maybe singing along, but it's like a really crazy feeling seeing people who aren't your friends, like actually like kind of get into what you're playing and kind of give a shit. So even that like one little mosh here and there from like a complete stranger, like really means a lot just, you know, cause it's like, damn, like. I don't know this person. We're not even friends, but yet they like kind of give a shit about what we're playing. So how much do you take the social media in as far as hardcore goes? Like when you see something on social media, hardcore, do you take it seriously? Do you not take it seriously? Like, like where, where are your thoughts on today's social media and its impact and impact on hardcore? <sighs> I mean, I think a lot of it's really fucking stupid. Like, I, I'm i on Instagram, but that's about it, and that's as far Smart as I'll move. get. Look at pictures. Don't get involved in Twitter. <laughs> no, like, I've I've had people be like, oh, man, why aren't you on Twitter? Like, like, that's where all, like, the drama is. And it's like, dude, I fucking left high school already. I don't want more drama. Like, I, I'm well fucking... I'm graduated, like, I'm good, and, like, there's always going to be, like, some, like, maybe disagreements in person about shit or, like, anything like that, but, like, that's enough for me. I I don't want to get involved in any drama, I and I, I have no use for it. Like, I just, I want to go to shows, and I want to see bands that I like, I want to see my friends, and I want to just have a good time and, you know, just be there for what it's supposed to be there. And that's for the music and the community. Now, how does it feel going from being like 14 years old in a pit with some grown ass men to now, like it's a couple years later and you're starting to be someone who's like been around a couple years and now you're seeing this whole new guard come in. Like, how does it feel to go from being like the, the very new Jack to still a young boy and still seeing like a whole new crop of kids come up in the last two years? It's so sick. Like, especially with all the kids and reaching out like over like a short period of time, like I, I would call them like good friends just from like hanging out and even uh, on this run with Simulacra for two of the shows we played on that run uh kevin the drummer from not one truth stepped up and filled in on drums for us and 
just from like being around him for like two whole days, like all of us just became such good friends and just like, it's just awesome to have kids come into hardcore that are my age or like even younger. And like, we all get along and like, we're all good friends and can like even hang out outside of shows and have a good time. That's I tell, I tell people, who are older than me or my age, like, ah, oh, you know, shows gets blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you have not seen these young kids. It's like a whole, for us, it's a breath of fresh air. You yeah. know, it's, 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 uh, it's awesome to see you guys take it on and to live vicariously. Like you guys see you guys in the pit and I just smile. I'm so psyched. I'm like, all right, you guys are taking on the generation of today is really doing a good job of stepping up. And I just love seeing you guys in the crowd. And it just means a lot to me that you guys have the same kind of spirit, and especially for you stepping up and joining struck nerve and just being a part of it. Because I know sometimes that style of hardcore, that classic straight edge stuff gets lost in the kids who want to sound more metallic or more death yeah. metal. So I think it's cool that you still were like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll, I'll play this too. Cause I think it's something that gets overlooked sometimes with the kids your age, you know? Yeah, I definitely think, I mean, I mean, I'm a part of it, but, you know, wanting to be more like metallic or more heavy, but like, I love playing Instruct Nerve. Like, I love just playing that fast, like four chord song type of hardcore where you can just have fun and kind of just go crazy with it. Nah, it's a, it's cool to have the balance and it's cool to see young kids with the balance, you know, like, um. At 16, 17, I knew who the older hardcore bands were, Agnostic Front, and you know, but I was also fucking with the up and coming bands of that time and was a super fan of 25 to Life at their heyday yeah. and was kicking people in the face the first time I seen Prayer for Cleansing. But I still loved and I still loved Negative Approach. I still loved Agnostic Front. You know, I, I had that balance, it was important to me, and it's cool to see it's still important with you guys. So, I'm going to ask you a couple quick ones and then we'll get you out of here. I just really wanted to impart on you that it's great to see young kids doing bands and doing things for the right reasons. So we'll do some quick ones and I'll let you go. So you can go back to video games or being cool on the internet, whatever you do. (laughs) Um, If you had to pick between going on tour with killing me or writing a perfect hardcore record with Struck Nerve, which one do you think you would have to do? What was that last part? Writing like the perfect straight edge fast hardcore record with Struck Nerve. If you don't have one, what do you do? <laughs> I love Struck Nerve, but like I'm gonna have to go with the the Killing Me tour just because that was what I kind of started off with. That was my uh, first hardcore band I was I've ever been in. And I joined Struck Nerve later, so love Struck Nerve, and it would be sick to write like the perfect straight edge like hardcore punk album. But like, even just off those four days we did with Killing Me, it was just so like so fucking fun. So I'll I'm gonna have to go with the Killing Me tour. That's a weighted question because I know there's like two kinds of people in this world. The ones are like. I don't know, man, touring's cool, but I like being home. And then there's now with the internet and the ability to record and like 
just do riffs. Some kids really just love writing songs mm-hmm. and that kind of makes them more homebody. So it's, you're going to be a tour life dude. And I love to hear that. <laughs> I think you're going to have a fucking blast with it. Um, next one, because of the fact that you've been to FYA and because of the fact that you've now been around a couple of years, do you think for yourself that the high level mark for killing me is going to be playing some of these bigger fests or is it, not as important as just playing the shows where all your friends are at. I mean, it would definitely be like an amazing experience to play like these bigger fests like FYA. But I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, I'm not going to be tripping about it. Like as long as we're playing shows and having fun, then if, you know, bigger fests come our way like that, then that's, definitely a plus but at the end of the day it's like you know don't need to be worried about it if it happens it happens if it doesn't then oh well like we'll still do our thing we'll still play shows and just have a good time i feel like in this area straight edge is a really important thing and i love to see the younger kids exit up and i wonder if that helps you because obviously in this area is also a lot of drugs and a lot of shit. Did be, knowing about straight edge at such an early age, help you get through high school without getting around all that? Yeah. I think even if I wasn't straight edge, I probably wouldn't be interested in doing anything like that just because see like kids getting in trouble and I'm just like, like, what's the point? So I definitely think it helped me keep, keep me clear and keep me in check. You know, I, I can already get in trouble without, you know, drinking or doing anything. So, you know, I, I definitely think it helped me to just kind of not act like an asshole. A show that you haven't played that you would put as one of the most fun things you've ever been a part of? Like, I don't know, would This Is Hardcore or FYA count, even though technically played it? I mean, it's your call. It's like, what, like a show that, a show that you guys, like that wasn't centered around you guys playing, but it was more about the whole thing. Man, I don't know. This is a hard one. Because, like, there's been so many shows that me or, like, me and David or me and Maddie have gone to that it's been, like, just so much fun. Uh, I don't know. I The From Within showcase was really sick at the church. Definitely. It was Definitely. a really fun show. Um hard call though i i don't think i could narrow it down to like one show just because there's so many fair enough um we're gonna leave you with um i need three immediate goals for you just from hardcore whether it's writing a record playing a show doing something and then just shout out killing me and whatever bands you're involved with and we'll get you out of here all right um three biggest goals 
in just heart. immediate goals. I think the biggest, just immediate goals, like three things that you're like immediately or like your things you're focused on doing right now. Trying to write like a three song like promo and have it released by maybe like fall for killing me, and then also you no know, have... falls in like in two months. Fuck, is it? <laughs> October is two months away, cuss. All right, uh, let's go winter. Let's do winter. That's, <laughs> winter that sounds, promo. That sounds better. All right, we'll do that. Uh, winter promo and it's four months then. <laughs> shit, never mind. Spring. Spring. All right, all right. We'll we'll get back to that. But uh, after after the promo, whenever it is, uh, probably play like another small run of shows in uh, November when uh, David is on Thanksgiving break. So he's out of school so we can actually play shows. And then uh, and then with that, then I don't know, play some more shows uh, with Struck Nerve. I like it. I like it. I think it's important when you're young to not have – giant aspirations at times mm-hmm. you know it's like good if you have this kind of crazy brain for like taking over the world but some kind sometimes the play it as you get as it comes live as you may attitude allows you to have a much more relaxed and organic approach to things and it, it kind of makes it less stressful yeah. the thing yeah. for me is i see you as a smiling laughing kid always i've never seen you mad once it shows i've never seen you anything but in a good nature so I can't see you being like a uh, plotter or a planner as much as a, ah, fuck it. Let's just go do this. Like on yeah. a whim kind of guy. So, um, but I just appreciate you, Andrew. And uh, I appreciate meeting your parents at the church. Yeah. And uh, I'm just happy that you're a part of our hardcore scene and that you've been representing for us. And it means a lot to me to have you come on the show. Shout out to social medias for your bands and I'll get you out of here. All right. So killing me is just going to be, on Instagram, killing me D E H C, and then Struck Nerve. Pretty sure it's just Struck Nerve H C, and yeah, shout out Garot, uh, reaching out, and a bunch of other young bands that I'm probably blanking on right now. But yeah, well, no, thank you. Shout out to you for doing all that you do and keeping hardcore going in the D E. And let's get that perfect Shruck Nerve record rolling, all right? For sure. For winter of 2023. (laughs) All right, man. Take care. You too, bro. Die!
This track is Wrong Pace. It's a newer one that was released earlier this summer by Reaching Out. Caden Rosario, KK, of Reaching Out. They really had some kind of funny uh, chemistry on this episode, some back and forth, some jokes. But Reaching Out, all young kids. Both of our guests are second-generation hardcore kids. Parents raised them on this music, and they're doing fantastic things, writing, recording, playing up and down the East Coast, playing This Is Hardcore, and getting ready for their first tour. So let's check it out. All right, welcome to the show. Two awesome people that come from this amazing band from New Jersey called Reaching Out. Both Caden and KK not only kick ass on stage with their band, but I think that they probably travel hundreds of miles per week in any given time for so many different shows. It's incredible to think of kids who aren't even 21 years old and were doing this band for quite a bit now, actually pre-COVID, I believe, and they've already done so much. And so in keeping with this Young Ones theme, thank you for coming on the show, Krishna and Kaden. Thank you for having us. <laughs> so, first off, how did you two first meet up to start this whole band? Well, um, yeah, I like I like KK. This is a, okay. So it's kind of interesting. So you know, originally, all right, originally the guitarist, the original guitarist we had, it was me and him. It was our idea to start a band because, like, I, don't know, I always wanted to be in a band. And so did he. But, you know, it was like literally just us two. How, how are you going to make a band with two people? For real. So, what we did was, our parents, actually, funny enough, knew each other from, like, going to shows together and all that. So, like, we got into contact with Caden. And we were like, oh, okay, we can make this kid our second guitarist. And he was like... 13 at the time which is like pretty crazy to think about now he was he was a young one um but yeah no now we're here you know we, we've gone through a few lineup changes obviously but it's cool what we got now he's like the driving force how's it feel for both of you to be second generation hardcore kids it's kind of funny. Um, like, yeah. I don't know, man. Like, I feel like if it weren't for my parents, I'd still be listening to some like cornball ass music on some real shit. Um, for me, it's it's cool, but at the same time, it uh, it also kind of isn't fun. Like, it kind of sucks at the same time. It's like, it's like everybody's like, oh, you're you're your dad's son, your Beto's kid, whatever, whatever, which is cool, but it's like, at the same time, you want to have your own, you want to, yeah, yo, it's like, it's like, you want to have your own identity at the same time, but everybody thinks of you as your dad's kid, so, that part sucks, but it's cool at the same time. I imagine, not only just trying to fill the shoes, but in keeping the legacy up, it's, there is some shadow over you, but the thing to understand from a perspective is that, a lot of people are just happy to see the culture continue in both of you. 
And I think yeah. in having my own child involved in hardcore, the bizarro factor is to watch the evolution of like, what do they do in the scene? You know, like to see, I remember when your father first started playing back with 25 to life in the stick man, 25 life reunion and your mother and father were bringing you guys to shows. It's a surreal moment to see you on stage at this is hardcore a couple years later. And, <laughs> but that's what we would as you know, that's what we could only hope is that the children that we raise would not only follow in the footsteps, but keep this culture going and, and just seeing reaching out and just like, I always, I always love seeing you guys be at these shows that we have because there's a lot of bands and you, and you guys know this, they show up, they bring their gear, they play their shows and they leave. But you two and your friends are at so many shows that we do. You're at so many shows in other places that this is more than just about, oh, the focus is on promoting, reaching out, and just being at shows that you play. But you guys are genuinely involved in this. And that's a fantastic thing, knowing that both your parents had both come from this thing as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, yeah, we don't go to shows just to, to play and leave and shit like that, you know. We just, Where's the fun I mean, that? we love, it's like we all just love hardcore and uh and, and the people in it like so much so uh, my next question is that because of the fact that there is a generation gap growing up what each I want each one of you is um do this on your own growing up as a child and up to a hardcore parent what do you think is something that made your specific growing up a little bit different than say someone who's not in your band right now and kids you grew up with well for one it's like it's like literally a totally different lifestyle from like our peers because like when i think about it nobody else was coming home from shows at like 2 a.m the night before school so that's <laughs> one thing and um, no, go on. Yeah, you go. Okay, no, yeah. no, 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 no. I insist. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> nah, nah, I was going to say, I was like, um, I've been around hardcore my whole life. And um, to me, it's just, it's just like another part of, of what I do and, and what my parents do. And, and um, I didn't notice until I started bringing my own friends to shows how different it is to quote unquote like normal people because like like yo to normal people if you bring them to a hardcore store they see videos which has been happening a lot recently people are like what the fuck like what is this like why is people beating the shit out of each other for no, no reason like, why would they pay to why would they pay to get the shit beat out of them you know you what put I mean? it in perspective <laughs> it's like why am i getting why am i getting smacked across the face by like a 40 year old man but, like, I don't know. You just love this shit. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I find the idea of the youth of today as a, to as a term. You hear it in songs like youth of today. And, I mean, it, it, it's so much different than when it was first being used in, in song lyrics. But we're, I'm talking to the youth of today right now. And I have to wonder, <laughs> because of the 
just generation span. I mean, we're talking 40 years of hardcore. How do you both identify both with the current hardcore scene and looking back on 40 years of hardcore? Like, how do you guys make sense of all of it? Or do you guys not go that deep on this? <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty weird. Weird question, right? Who wants to go first? It's a yeah, loaded question, to though, man. I don't know, man. I don't think about it too much. It's like it's cool. It's cool seeing where it all came from. Like, obviously, I'm into all that old music and like the culture. But I mean, presently, I don't know. It's just so much, so much more different. I feel like the styles have changed, obviously. I don't know. Yeah, I'd say I'd say it's very different. Like, very different. But uh, they're both, like, as in the present and where it came from and, and the older 90s and 80s bands and stuff. Yeah, the whole, the whole, the two are very different, but they're both equally as good. See, I, I look at things the way the young kids, like your, your crowd of kids, da- dress now. And I just see so much like resemblance to like the stuff when I was in that age group. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's a bizarre 20 year circle. So like your group of kids probably don't look too similar to people say maybe 10 years ago, but closer to kids 20 years ago, which means you guys would fit in well in the time when your parents were almost your age or a little bit older than you guys actually. Yeah. But it's, like, it's 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 a circle. It's a circle thing. So where you guys are, ah, oh, it's different. I see so many similarities. I guess yeah. It's like a nostalgia thing almost, like reliving your parents' past in a way. Do you, as musicians, look to do that, or do you guys look to com- combine the like hardcore sound with stuff that you guys want to see coming out of a new generation of hardcore? Um. Um, ideally it would be nice to combine the both because you can get like it's it's good to have that like feeling of nostalgia because it's like what a lot of people started with like older bands well like killing time and all that you want to you want to kind of like capture that like older sound because of the familiarity but also you want to bring something fresh and new yeah, yeah, I, I, I'd agree with that. Um, I like me. I, I listen to like a lot of different kinds of music, and a lot of it is older. And I think the problem with a lot of the newer bands is like they all sound very, very similar. So like, I feel like for these newer bands to get popular, it's it's kind of more difficult because they all sound so similar. So I mean, like, like obviously, there's a lot of bands now that sound like like killing time and like those more metal influenced bands and like leeway and and stuff but um i think combining the two is good as long as it's not something that's been done a million times if you get what i'm saying for me when i think of younger bands i see two i see two paths kids that put all their eggs in one basket and try to emulate a band from whether it's X amount of your five years ago to 25 years ago. And they do it right down from head to toe, the way they look, the sound. And then I see bands take 
you know, brick and brack here and there, stuff like this. He said, like, you know, some cool stuff from Killing Time, but then trying to give it a more modern take. And especially in this era where the internet allows so many people to draw from so many different influences, I wonder for both of your perspectives, how you guys fell into the specific styles, not only that you play, but that you really like in hardcore right now. Um, I don't know. Right, right now. I mean, the music that we play live and, um, and the music that we're going to record, it's, it's very, it's different. It's, it's very different. Um, I listen <laughs> to like, I like a lot of the newer bands that are like, that incorporate a lot of that early 2000s, like metalcore sound, but aren't, but don't overdo it. You know what I mean? And Is I there think any that, specific reference? Like like a band um, or something you can bring up? I think Foreign Hands does it amazingly. I think they incorporated the old the old style and really well. And um, like the new Reaching Out stuff, I guess, has a lot of that early 2000s metalcore influence too. Like, like a lot of like Kill Switch Engage, um, stuff like that. But um but yeah, like I don't know. What would you think, KK? What would you say? Well, we definitely don't listen to all the same music, cause like where I draw my inspiration from, like one band I can name off the top top of my head is called like Misanthropic or some something like that. It's like this like European like cross punk band, and you know. I don't really fuck with cross punk, but this band is where it's at. Cause it's like the vocals are so sick, and you know sometimes I do borrow. I do like to steal a little bit from them. I borrow, yes, I borrow. Um, cause they just, I don't know, man, they just do it really good. This like chick vocalist, they're kind of older, but they're good <laughs> to steal, borrow, borrow from. Um, a lot of punk bands, actually, I like to borrow from. Do you think that going in that direction, that the current hardcore scene does not draw enough from punk? Mm, a little bit. I definitely do see some, like, bigger bands that have, like, punk influences that sound very <laughs> similar to SSD. To me, at least, you know, if you know what I mean, don't say anything. But like, I don't know. I feel like there's there's bands that have like, it's just like these certain riffs that kind of have like the they same. All, they all flow the exact same kind of melody or rhythm. They kind of all flow the exact same way. It's always like na 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 na. It's like going up and down and up and down. It's just like all a dance part. And it's like it's not really I wanna say it's like the 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 best part of punk. It's it's kinda just like the like oh what'll get people moving, which is cool. But there's so much more that you can like draw inspiration. In talking from. of inspiration, I'm gonna go with Caden and then Krishna. Caden, what do you think your oldest musical inspiration is like the first thing that 
comes to mind when you think of this is the music that got me inspired to be involved in music? Uh, leeway. Leeway. Where do you did your father play it for you? Um, I, I don't even remember who the first one was to play with it or to play it for me. There's a probably my mom. Your mom definitely loves. Leeway. Loves your mom. Mama loves Leeway. <laughs> Yo, there's this old ass video of me in the car uh singing fuck what song was it i don't it was you've seen that video yeah yes oh, it's, it's probably on I'm facebook but uh <laughs> yo leeway to me that <laughs> is probably my favorite hardcore band ever nobody else yet has topped leeway for me in the terms of in terms of like riffs and, and melody and groove and the vocals like that shit is just that's a one that's top tier for me you know yeah that's a one a one well for me personally um i remember one of the first albums that was played for me was age That's, of quarrel the found no the foundations so, right there I, I Leeway, it, it, you couldn't make me happier <laughs> to hear that you guys are talking about the foundations of hardcore here. i love it. <laughs> them but also a lot of social decay oh, fucking shit. new jersey hardcore what do you think they drew got you got what do you think drew you them. in when you first heard age of quarrel Bro, it just sounded so fucking sick. Like, I don't know any other way to describe it. The lyrics, the riffs. I was like, holy shit. This is the hardest thing I've ever heard in my life. No, in thinking, of, in thinking about the way that the young kids, that, as I perceive them, is that there's two roads. And it's always a bum out. You'll hear a kid that'll say, like, I'm not really into this. And I often wonder if they're afraid to say they never heard it to someone my age. Whereas like in 40 years of hardcore, there's shit that might be like the most important record to somebody who's in their fifties that I've never heard. Whereas somebody who's in their late teens and early twenties might think a record that came out only like five, 10 years ago is the greatest. And there's a big, you know, gap between that and so i wonder if you guys have seen some of your younger peers ignore foundation records solely out of being afraid to not sound cool like not be cool and be like oh yeah i actually never listened to leeway like how do you guys feel when you see kids that just kind of skip over some like basics like this um i yo um <laughs> there's a lot of kids like that because um hardcore is so easily accessible now so it's like I feel like me and for KK, um, I feel like we were definitely into into the whole thing like before it was is super popular on social media and stuff. So for me at least, and I'm sure for her, like I had to go down the whole fucking rabbit hole to find like even these newer bands and stuff. But like we started out with like your quote unquote like generic entry level hardcore bands, you know what I mean? But now since hardcore and social media is such a big thing, kids are learning about it from bands like, I don't know, who's a big fucking band right now. Like, like they see, like, a Paint of Truth video or, like, a video from, like, Sound and Fury Fest or one of those big, big crazy fests, you know what I mean? But they see, like, like the newer bands and stuff, so they don't have the chance to uh, to experience those 
um, the, like the foundation bands from the start, if you know what I mean. They're whack, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I find, I, I, I agree entirely with it, and I worry that as time moves forward and the internet is the sounding board that gets people interested and some of the bad instructions or stupid takes take form and people completely ignore the things like the agnostic fronts the neg and the negative approaches the uniform choices and hardcore just goes off and just kind of emulates more of the warp tour metal world while still trying to pretend to be attached to the hardcore punk thing so when i see kids like you and i see bands like yours where you're able to have feet in the modern world give love to the to the you know the founding of hardcore it gives me hope for hardcore in general and i know a lot of people my age and older are always impressed when we see younger kids who aren't just like oh fuck all that old shit but obviously i'm one of these kids who you know when i was your age yeah i was listening to marauder and Manball, and i was listening to agnostic front but i was also when all that prayer for cleansing and all that stuff came out we were going crazy for that shit too you can be in the moment of today while still giving respect to yesterday. And I really am proud of you guys for doing that. I just want to say that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so as a band who doesn't have the, you know, you guys are younger kids. Do you guys feel like you are getting a fair shake from promoters or a fair shake from the other bands you guys play with? Do you think there's any negatives from being very young kids in, in a hardcore band now? Uh, KK, you go. Uh, I, I feel like it's pretty, well, you know, everyone wants to feel like they're, um, what's the word, like, important or, like, appreciated or, like, maybe even much more than they really are. So sometimes I'm like, damn, you know, like, I feel like, I feel like we got, a, like, a little snub there. But then, like, when you think about it, I mean, we're still, like, on the rise. So I'm not, I'm not really that offended if we're, like, an opener, obviously. Like, why, why would I be mad about that? You know? Because we're still, you know, like, young. And I hope, and I, I just, I hope that nobody's putting us as an opener just because we're young. Yeah, that's but what I was going to say. maybe they just don't think, I think earned it yet. Um... When we started, we definitely had to, it took a long time for us to, like, prove ourselves to people that we weren't just some fucking whack-ass group of kids making whack music. And it's like, even if our older shit is kind of, kind of ass, like, oh, yeah, I, I, I know, I'm good at describing shit. Um, but it's like, yeah, we definitely had to prove ourselves in the beginning and it, and it like, it took a while for the people, um, around us in our local scene, uh, to like start putting us on shows and stuff. So like we had to play and I think as it should with a lot of new bands, you got to play the really shitty shows to get good shows. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yo, you got to put putting that work in, work, son. Putting the hours. Well, actually, I'm going to agree with both of you, but I also want to say that the unintended positive outcome is that let's say you got your best shows 
before you guys had that time to just play live and get those stage jitters out of you and get the flaws out of your set. It is good as a young band to play them shows that probably aren't the ones that you're going to be like, this is the greatest show we ever played. And sometimes you're like, why the fuck did we drive all the way out there and five people watch? But I think it's that stage time that gets you comfortable so that way when you play the bigger shows that you have more experience. So even though it's a plus minus, it's a minus at first because you're not feeling like the efforts put out are getting anywhere, but it's the time in. So when you get to these bigger things that you're able with, with more experience to do. I'd I'd agree with that because um, there's a lot of bands that get very popular online that, um, that started off playing bigger shows that aren't good live. You know what I mean? Yo, right. You just like compare yourself to these bands that just seem like they blew up overnight. And you're like, Man, damn! How the fuck am I like, not They might, they like, might sound really good wrong? on recording and in the studio, but when it comes to to the live show, they're not good. And for us, we we were really, really bad live. Like, there's a there's this video of us on Hate Five Six that <laughs> I won't watch because it's so bad. Yo, right? I can't, I can't fuck. I can't Yo, I mean, bear and, to fucking. And they watch they it, gave man. us a good one in the comments section, man. If I do tell you so, but. That shit definitely made us step it up. So, but it's all right. Us, it, you know, you gotta appreciate the haters. Like, and even even those booty ass shows that like don't don't you're not really feeling like I still yeah. love them. Like I love them equally because they they do feel like like learning opportunities. You know. Do you feel like a band is a vehicle to not have to worry about a job? Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> I wish it was that easy. <laughs> no, I'd always work a job. Even if even if we were fucking like touring all over the world with the biggest bands ever. Nah, I'd still want this financial stability of a job. Do you feel in the time with hardcore now and the focus on blowing up and the chance to do all these internet popular things? that hardcore kids are thinking about bands to be something bigger than just a hardcore band? And how do you feel about that? Oh, I can see that, yeah. Like, to put it in sort of a sloppy way, chasing chasing the fame, rather. Um, I, can, I can dig that, you know, like, selling out and all that, like, ooh, making a lot of money, but... I I don't know, man. I I don't I don't love the idea. It 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 just seems shallow. Where's the love, you know? Where's the love for the culture and the music? Caden, you got anything to chime in? Um, you know, I ha- I feel like personally, I haven't seen any bands doing it, and if they do, it's like they start off playing softer music because I, can you hear me talking? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I haven't personally seen any bands that I feel like are going into it trying to sell out. Cause I mean, I feel like a lot of the new bands start off playing like really extreme, like, like that real hard shit. And when it comes to mainstream music, that it's, that's not really going to get you very far. You know what I mean? For me, 
I I never have a good idea of what the aggregate thought is. And, I, and for you guys don't know what I mean, it's like there's always going to be people on both sides of a spectrum. But the aggregate thought at times on the social media is that getting your band as popular as possible is the foremost importance of doing a band. And yet I see bands like reaching out and all your friends are there, all your shows, and you guys are here at all the shows, and you guys don't display any of this like reaching for popularity bullshit that I see in some of these people who are trying to do that. So I see like a big void in between shit I see on the internet and then shit I see from you guys. And I have to wonder if it's because you guys are grounded in hardcore or because you guys don't give a fuck what everybody else is up to. I mean, I don't really care. I mean, it would be nice, you know, if we got, like, super big. But, I don't know. I didn't even, like, imagine we'd get past playing, like, shitty punk bars, if I'm being honest. So, it's all kind of, it's kind of a, it's kind of a shock that we've gotten yeah, like, to where we are now. The the whole getting getting big in the hardcore scene, it that's a cool thing. And, of course, that would be dope to happen, but it's, like, that's not our goal and that's not what we're reaching for as a band. It's not to get fucking big and shit. It's mostly just to have fun and write music and have fun with our friends. Yeah. Playing in the band, it's a cool extra thing. It's just but, fun to hang out. Yeah, social aspect. Where do your thoughts as far as reaching out and the things that you guys still want to do with the band. Um, I don't know, KK. How, how do you feel? Well, I, I want to see. I want to see you me, Aria. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no. Re- reiterate, Joe. Let me, let me, let me think of something good. He said, "Like, like, what are your thoughts about us as a band? Like, like, in th- because because you guys are." have already kind of touched on the point where you're growing as a band. And because you guys have already done some cool stuff, what are the next things that you guys are looking forward to do with this band? Is it like, Hey, we want to play this town or Hey, we want to do this record. Like, you know, like are there things like, are you guys just taking it little by little? Or are you guys kind of just going like, there's, it seems like there's no master plan. If your if your reactions like, uh, I gotta think about this. <laughs> Which is kind of punk rock. <laughs> Bro, we're really just rolling with it. I love if that. I'm being honest, like, if, if we if we make a lot of music, like, we're going to record it. And if we like it, whoop-de-doo, like, we, we, we're doing something, right? Um, We don't have really anything set in mind. I mean, really, what we're trying to get down at the moment is this tour. We're going to try and get through this. been been thrown all through all kinds of loops trying to figure out how to get it going so we're being we're being tested by stress here if i'm being honest but we'll talk about it you know, talk about can, what's been going on let me talk about it let me talk i want to talk oh. about it ah. yeah yeah Yo, see, go ahead, see, you know what the Our problem is with being this young is that uh <laughs> the problem with being this young is that you can't rent shit and uh people don't want to let you borrow shit and it's just a whole it's just extra difficult trying to get this shit going when you're our when you're as young as we are 
So you're trying to you're trying to do a tour, but you don't have transportation. So I, we did, we did, <laughs> but then that got compromised, and then I came up with another idea, and then that shit got compromised. So it's like everything we come up with just gets fucked in some kind of way. So right now, how 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 soon how soon is this tour? Happening? Yo, like next week. Oh, I yeah, think it's next week. Like a, a week or so. And then how long is this tour going to run? A week. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, now we'll figure it out. We always figure I mean, it out, though. Punishment did our first tour in a van that we bought with money we got from doing something illegal two nights before we got that van. <laughs> and then we drove from Go. Philadelphia... <laughs> And we already missed the show, so we drew from Philadelphia, literally to California, to start our first U.S. tour. So, <laughs> so if there's a will, there's a way. But off air, if there's anything that we could do to try to help you guys to make sure that this thing takes off, please let me know. But I think just the idea that there's young kids doing stuff, you know, that's the more important thing with these first bands. And I hate, hate to say it like a first band. I hope Reaching Out does great music and plays a shit ton of places. But the biggest thing is you learn so many things from the trials and errors of this time. And that's one of the biggest takeaways from people your age who are in these bands. It's like the first band, you might hit magic or it might be your, your proving ground. Yeah. You know, And then it's the next band that you formulate a better process because you've had your ups and downs. Yeah, I'd agree. True. So we've got to make sure that you guys get on this road because I, I, I'd love to see... I love to see young kids who are doing this earnestly without this like immediately built in management booking agent world around them just to show that hardcore can still exist in this fashion. Yeah. But um Yes, DIY. Um I'm gonna ask some basic stuff now so that we instead of get some deep things. What do you think we'll go Caden and then we'll go to Krishna next. Caden, what do you think the three best things that have come from playing reaching out so far have been um so not to not to dick munch too much but i think i think one of the coolest things is getting to know and um and play shows with people that when we were or even before the band or or even as we were beginning as a band um being able to know those people and befriend those people that shit is like it's crazy. It, it, it's really cool to me, but also it's cool to, um, it's just cool to play shows with, with people you, you look up to. And, um, and it's cool to like get to know people because I've made all of my closest friends. I've all the, all of my closest friends right now I've made from, from being in this band and going to different places. So that's definitely the most important and coolest thing for me. Krisha, you're up. Yeah, def- definitely got to agree with that first point there. I like all the friends I've made. They're solid people, fun to hang out with. And I love all the experiences I've earned from playing shows all over. Like, oh, the show may be a dud, but maybe the next one will be better. And it's just... 
full of really cool experiences. Unique experiences, if you will. Where do you guys think, and I'll, I'll do it reverse, Krishna first and Caden, what do you think you would be doing with your life if you weren't involved in hardcore and playing in this band? Uh, <laughs> you know, I've thought about this sometimes. I thought, I thought maybe, maybe I'd still have hair. I'd still be listening like, I don't know, this is going to be embarrassing, but maybe like 21 Pilots and shit. Working some other dead end job. Just, I don't know, man. This has like been very fulfilling to my life in like expressing myself and the friends that I've made. It's so much more full than the peers that I've had in like high school. I don't know. Shallow people. But I've met so many cool people in hardcore. I've, had so many opportunities laid across my feet. It's amazing. Um, so if I'm being honest, if it wasn't for this band, I would probably be sitting, sitting in my room all day, uh, with, with, with all of my feelings, uh, bottled up and hanging out with my, uh, the, the shitty people from my, from my whack ass hometown. Um, so that's why, you know, to put it into, into like basic terms, I, I'd be a bum ass fool without this band, to be honest. So a bum ass fool. I, I'm going to ask you two more questions like this and then we're going to bust out. I'm going to start. We'll go flip it again. We'll do Caden first and Christian next. What was the thing that you learned most about yourself? over time doing this band? Like something you didn't think that you had or something that surprised you or something that you became from doing this band? Um, I never thought that the music that I wrote in my room would have people uh, moving and singing along um, personally. And that shit still, yo, it makes me want to shed a tear every time we play a show and there's people singing along, yeah. If I'm keeping it real, because it's like, it's like a lot of these songs that we write, it's like I write them out of, out of pure emotion and it's like, damn, I sound like a bitch. But, uh, but, but yo, it's like, it's really, <laughs> no, it's really crazy okay. when, when I see that shit. And that's, that's how it feels to me at least. Exactly. It's so crazy. It really is though. Like when you put it in perspective, cause like, it made me realize the potential. Sorry, for sorry for sounding a little little sappy here, but like the pe- potential that we have to create like good things and find good people to surround ourselves with, and the growth that they can bring out in us is so cool. I absolutely love these answers, and I'm so happy that you guys took some time on us. So. We'll go with one final question. We'll do it, uh, Krishna, then Caden. In comparing the people that you grew up with or around who didn't follow you into hardcore punk, do you see yourself now being like a completely subset and different from them? Or do you still see yourself like, ah, you know, I could like 
by the time I was your age, I knew from shows that I just wasn't like the other people. And I'm wondering if you two feel the same, like by going to shows, being immersed in the culture that you're just like, these are squares. These aren't our people. And I'm wondering if that's like, you agree with that or you don't agree with that. Oh yeah. I feel you on that. Like, obviously I can get along with people outside of the culture, but like, <laughs> they just don't get it. You know, like there, there's not that like connection really. If, if that makes sense. Cause like, I feel with hardcore, we all have this, like, this hub. We all have this thing that we can all relate to. Even if we don't like the same exact things necessarily, we all are, like, brought back central to this one thing in common. And that's, like, pretty much enough. Um, yeah, I'd agree. I mean, I definitely think um, I'm different. But um, also, a lot of my friends back home aren't into this music and, and they, they make fun of it and shit uh, because I guess it does look a little bit funny to, to normal people. But it's like, at the same time, even though I am so much different than them, I'm, I'm just like them in the same way. I just do different shit on the weekends. But um, but uh, I, I definitely enjoy my friends who are in hardcore way more than, than my regular normal peeps. Yeah. <laughs> oh. It's about friendship. So I'll give you guys a final shout out. When, um, but before that, I just said in my mind, just because it, the, both your answers are kind of kicking off some things. We're going to leave you guys with both of you each saying your favorite thing in hardcore today. And then I want you to, you know, tell us how we can reach out to the band, etc. This time we'll start with Caden, one with Krishna. Favorite thing going favorite thing about hardcore now, whether it's your just doing the band, being around your friends, the shows, whatever comes to mind, and then we'll give a band shout out and how to contact you guys. Um, I think the coolest thing in hardcore right now is seeing so many younger kids coming to shows and it's like even when this band started, there was not that many young kids coming around. And I feel like every other show especially in Philly, like 100% in Philly, there is younger kids at every single show. And that shit is cool, yo. Because, you know, having the old heads in the scene, that's dope. But at the end of the day, the people who are going to hold it down are the younger kids coming in. You know what I mean? So to see that, Couldn't yeah, more. so to see that happening more and more, Couldn't it's just more. very, very cool. Krishna? Yeah, totally agree with that. I like that we can still have so much fun, no matter, like, the age gaps or the age differences. I think that's really important that everyone can get along like that. And I really do love seeing younger kids, you know, because, like, when I was going to shows before, I was, like, surrounded by, like, 40-year-old men. But I like the variety we got going on now. I think it's really cool. Okay, so thank you guys for this, and I agree. The idea of not one or two random kids that are young, but to see so many people young starting bands and being involved in the scene is probably one of the greatest things that I've seen in hardcore in so long. And I'm just appreciative of you guys, not just 
for the time you put on the podcast, but just things that you guys do for the shows, supporting shows. I, I can't tell you how many of your older peers who feel that they don't need to be at every show. And I, I just, I can't, I can't, ex, I can't extol the virtues of just seeing you guys show up at the most random shit and just being a part of our scene. It's, it's a great thing. And it just shows that the youth of today still have a hundred percent the heart of the past and it's fucking amazing. So let everybody know how they can reach out to reaching out and um, just thank you for everything you've done so far. And thank you for coming on the show. Um, Drop that contact so in. you can catch us on Instagram. I think our shit is like uh, reaching out HC on Instagram. Um, if you want anything, just DM it. If it's not a dumbass question, I'll probably respond to you. Um, some All aren't, um, you know, I don't, I don't <laughs> check the email, just DM. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's contact. And, uh, let us know us about this tour that may or may not happen if the vehicle's there. Um, so we're doing, uh, I guess it's a five day tour, but I forgot to put the one date on the flyer. Um, <laughs> so we're going on tour with, yeah. with Garat with Garat from Delaware. Um, that's the, that's the newest straight edge band right now. Uh, those are my best friends. Those are our best friends. Um, and that shit is going to be fire. If, uh, if you're in Connecticut, if you're in PA, if you're in, uh, Baltimore, Jersey, or where else are we playing shit? I don't even remember. I think that, that there's probably another one. But I don't remember, but if you're in any of those areas, come out to a show. Um, that's pretty much it. No, thank you guys so much. I really appreciate you. Thank you for coming on and representing for the young ones on this. Thank podcast. you for having us, for real. Thank you. Yes, thank you for the opportunity. Right, take care. just heard garot the track is garot it's off the garot demo and our guest today represented garot and new jersey part of garot not delaware which is what i said in the intro to the um our conversation 
Shay is another amazing kid, just like Andrew, just like the reaching out who just travel all over for shows and absolutely ubiquitous and constantly trying to jump off the first Unitarian and other stages and another amazing uh, cast of characters that are representing at such a awesome age in our area. So let's check it out. Today we are talking to none other than Shay Trush of Delaware, but she has way more going on. I'm actually impressed that you have the zine and you're on your second issue. You are in the mighty Garot. Garot. Garot, uh, or, yeah. <laughs> as everyone says it differently. Uh, did you ever hear the episode where Zach uh, on the Post America podcast and Rich and Richie and Zach couldn't say it? And I knew what it was, but I, I can never pronounce it properly. But it's one of the it's one of the coolest names for a band in recent memory. Oh, thank um, you. So, being a part of this young ones or the new breed of hardcore in this area, I wanted to pull you onto the show and just get your thoughts on hardcore today and the bands you're involved in, the projects you're involved in. But let's start at the beginning of. What kind of music were you listening to, and how did that get you to listen to hardcore punk? Oh, well, I got into hardcore and punk and all that when I saw KK wearing a token entry shirt, and I wanted to be just like her. So I started listening to, you know, The Misfits, Dead Kennedys, The Gorilla Biscuits, all those, like, what what some people would say, the quote-unquote, like, starter bands one would say and then i kind of started getting into like like you'd say actual hardcore a lot of new york hardcore i got really into killing time um especially bright side that album just kind of kick-started my listening to hardcore um went into like the minor threat all of the old style um hardcore it took me a while to get into anything newer actually i started off with probably any New York hardcore band from the 80s, 90s that you can think of. And then I um, got introduced to my local scene, Philly scene, Jersey scene, um, Delaware, everything local. I think that's pretty badass. And I love that you're saying, I love that there's a uh, a differentia- like a difference in uh, these are starter bands. Because me, I always use the term, like, this is the foundation bands. Like, if you don't fuck with yeah, today, you don't fuck with leeway, you don't fuck with this stuff, like... We're not even on the same page if you haven't had this like foundation. So I love you are a part of this group of kids on the show, obviously, and all of you have talked about the, your introduction to hardcore being these kind of things where, as you know, a lot of people your age and a lot of people older than you, they came in from like Slipknot and some other shit, and some of them never even trekked down the road that you started off with. So it's always impressive to me when young kids know the deal and learn the basics. Yeah, I definitely, it kind of blows my mind when people tell me, like, I got into hardcore through, you know, like, basic, just like lighter hardcore and punk. But when people are like, I got into hardcore through hip hop or I got into hardcore through metal or I got into hardcore through basically anything other than like what I mentioned earlier, like the quote unquote starter bands. It kind of blows my mind to see how people get into it. Like everyone kind of has their own path with it. It's 
it is always interesting when you hear it. And I, um, obviously you didn't, um, you didn't come from a, a family who already listened to hardcore. So I imagine early on when you started going to shows, your parents were a little bit like, uh, what's going on here? They absolutely hated it. Um, I can remember very specifically my first couple of shows were just in New York at the A7. And like, I think it was like December 2019. I was, I was getting ready to go to a show. And obviously I was dressed in the show attire, wasn't dressed in the regular like clothing I was going to wear on your regular day. So I come up from the basement where my room was. And then my entire family sitting in the living room. It's my grandfather's birthday. And I'm going to a show in New York. I look like a giant fucking asshole. Because I'm, I'm prancing out the door in this like black t-shirt, uh, black jeans, just trying to fit in with everyone. Going to New York instead of staying home. So my parents absolutely, they hated the fact that I was going out going to New York, staying up until like one in the morning, coming home at 2 a.m., causing a bunch of shit, hanging out with not the best people. They eventually got around to it. Kind of. What, I- what age did you, I, I, I never, sorry for not asking, what age did you find, did you start finding hardcore? I couldn't have been younger than uh, like 15, 16. That's the perfect age. Yeah. It's like, um, and so, as you're as you're getting into hardcore, you're obviously in high school. How soon did you find yourself not like even able to kind of understand or like fuck with some of the kids that in your own you know grade because you're off in this completely separate subculture? It basically, it, it I wouldn't say it was instantaneous. I started listening to hardcore right when school like shut down, and I didn't see anyone for that whole like year period but once i got back into school it was completely like everyone surrounding me saw me as like a different person i was like seeing everyone else going to college seeing everyone else doing all of these like crazy crazy things like living across the country going to a a great school i was just focused on fucking going to shows and not going to college and seeing if i could do trade school (laughs) my entire perspective on things changed essentially and that's when i started like looking at people differently what else do you think helped um make this shift for you with hardcore versus like the kids in your school was there anything specifically that was drawing you away from them and further into the scene i would have to give most of my credit to kk um she kind of led me down that whole that rabbit hole of like there are other options in life besides going to college and just like listening to your parents. Um, it's gonna sound kind of ridiculous, but the thing that got me out of like the mindset of wanting to go to college was just listening to the Dead Kennedys and Descendants, and just like hearing hearing all these songs like against the classic like i want to like i want to grow up and i want to like go to college buy a house and just have a family and i and i real that's when i like realized that the whole traditional um route of going to college and all of that it works for some but um 
I hope I'm not rude when I say this. To me, it was just fucking stupid. Like, I realized that that was not for me. And that's when I kind of got hooked into it. And once I graduated high school, I just started going to shows and realized that, like, this is the life I want to live. And you just just work, live on your own, do shit with your friends instead of just, like, going to college the regular way, quote, regular way. Well, as we're closing in on almost 100 episodes, I want to say more than half of the episodes that I've done so far include stories from people in hardcore who either went to school and quit, never got their um, diploma ever, never tried college, and managed to find some some real-life success in the real world without any of it. And although there are some things, like if you want to be a fucking neurosurgeon, yeah, you need to go to college, but... For as we're seeing with these recent um, debates on the internet regarding student loan debts and all this, there's a great amount of careers that you can just build yourself up on. And I think that the culture within hardcore and the DIY, you can learn so much on your own and apply to real job skills that the need for college and to be suffocated in debt doesn't work for kids your age anymore. Yeah, I agree. And one of the things that made me drop out of college, because I originally was enrolled, um, I ended up, I put all of my like financial aid information in, and then I got a number back. And that number, I think it was like $9,000. I had the school like $9,000 if I wanted to go to school. So I realized I'm probably going to have to pay this out of my pocket. I'm going to have to go into debt for school, something I really don't even want to do. So I just dropped out right then and there, spur of the moment thing, and I never looked back. Nah, that's the way. And I think that I think no matter what you want to end up being, you're gonna find just in hard work a lot easier than is going to college and then needing to have a job to pay the money you went to college for and not be able to find a job in your field. So you did the right decision. Now I have to ask you because you are in a band. Where did you get your inspiration to start playing? My inspiration to start playing came directly from, like like I said, the quote-unquote starter bands that I was listening to. Honestly, like Gorilla Biscuits, Minor Threat, those are the bands that kind of inspired me to venture out more. I don't know really how else to describe it. Um, I love that sound. I love the energy that it was all giving and just that and then listening to modern hardcore or whatever you would want to call modern hardcore anything past 2010 seeing my friends be in bands all of that like listening to my friends bands and realizing that like music can be made and this isn't like some sort of like secret thing anybody could do it that's kind of what like kick-started did you start off playing the bass or you play something else first no, I played nothing. I had absolutely no musical prowess. I didn't know how to play anything. Honestly, I just watched people play instruments and kind of just learning along the way. Now, how soon was it before um did you I'm trying to think of the best way to put it. How soon into learning how to play were you like fuck, I want to join a band? And then so, how hard and then how hard was it to join a band? 
So the way that it happened was actually completely the other way around. Um, for the lack of better words, these absolute idiots in Garot allowed me to join the band. They knew I couldn't play bass. They knew I had no musical like background at all. I showed up to the first practice. They handed me a bass and I learned. I learned the songs. That, that's so fucking punk rock. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, they, they fucking... God knows why they chose me or allowed me in. They could have chose anyone else, but I'm so grateful that they, they chose me and they were stupid enough to do that. Nah, it's fantastic. And I think, again, going back to the hardcore spirit of things, I think sometimes people overthink just jumping in and doing stuff. And Absolutely. You know, this is your first band. You're doing it with your friends. So take us to how it feels to go from finding this stuff to now playing shows and being a part of like this bigger thing just in our own area. It feels fantastic to be involved, honestly. Like being a bystander and going to shows, obviously, it's fantastic. The whole experience is fantastic. But it's it's different once you know like what goes on behind the scenes the amount of work that goes into these bands the amount of work that goes into just booking shows once you start like doing all of that is when you realize like you gain a different respect for everyone that puts on shows for everyone that plays in bands because you realize how much absolute just fucking work it takes as opposed to just being a um like a bystander just going to shows no, I think you guys really impressed me this year. And um, it, it really meant something to me to see a new group of kids being up early and helping out the first day of the fest, getting things ready and then staying to help. It really made it made me smile because I see you guys at so many different shows, not just the ones you guys are playing, but, I mean, you guys have really established yourself in this scene and you guys are, you know, our future. But to see you guys put in the extra work really just made me so fucking happy. And I really appreciated it. Of course, yeah. We wanted to do anything um, to help. I think Kayla had sent me a text. And I think it, it kind of went along the lines of, get your asshole friends rounded up. And you're all going to help set up during This Is Hardcore. And I was like gladly i didn't even know that that was an option i didn't even know that we were allowed to go but i'm very glad that she um texted us honest to god we love being involved we loved helping out we always want to be helping out in any way we can because i mean the crew that was there i didn't realize that it was only like fucking 10 people just setting shit up way too early in the morning no fucking idea. We we were more than glad to help out. No, it was it was absolutely fantastic. I feel like for me, the younger generation, I know the ones who come to our shows, like and that includes uh, yourself and everybody here on this podcast and others. But then I see stuff on Twitter, and I I don't know if we're just lucky to have kids that respect and love hardcore for its DIY roots and the traditions, or if you guys are just really fucking special because sometimes the kids who are probably your age and maybe a little bit older, 
they don't they want no parts of listening to the classic hardcore bands and it, whether the band of that they're trying to see is playing behind a barricade or like a rock concert show they're they're not really dyed in a paint in the hardcore the way you guys are and i have to wonder if it makes you guys feel weird because you guys are so ingrained into this now from the bands you guys play in and the shows you guys are a part of and the the work you put in the scene how it is interacting with younger kids who aren't like you guys yeah i i think there is there's something to say about like everyone online um who just goes to the big hardcore shows and they don't give a shit about their local scene they will not go to a show that has less than 200 people they won't go to a show that you have to pay less than fucking 25 dollars to see and they won't make a, a single attempt to be around um they just won't make an any attempt to like respect any older hardcore or just i don't know i wouldn't say that like me and my friends and everyone in like kind of just the philly area in general that kind of group of kids who like know the the um like the 80s 90s hardcore like that that are super ingrained to the scene i wouldn't say that like one is better than the other i just say that that's it's two completely different realms of hardcore and it just it all comes down to like how do you give a shit about what's actually going on or do you just want to be involved in like the hype of everything then just show up and be an asshole i love that i i couldn't agree more i definitely there's always been tracks for different people there's the people even now which is bizarre to see but the kids from when i was young who were just like buy the record, get the t-shirt, fan of the music. And years later, they're back. And they're like, oh, my kids are growing up. I'm excited to come back to shows. And they're right up there. But they were never really a part of the deeper thing. But I think what makes you guys special is also the fact that you guys have started your band so young. So you guys are getting a really under-the-hood look at how how bands get t-shirts, how bands get on shows. You know, I mean, you guys have been traveling all over. I mean, you're from Delaware, and there's kids who come from Jersey to the Delaware shows. Delaware, Jersey kids come to the Philly shows. All of you guys travel so many different places for shows every weekend that it's incredible, and it's 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 a sight to see. And I think that you guys legitimately do this as like a the amount. I mean, obviously you guys just had that dodgeball game, but like in yeah. general, it's a giant group of friends from almost like across a, a like you know well over a uh, 100 miles or so from New Jersey to Northeast PA to Delaware it's just fantastic to see so many of you so young and all kind of on the same path and also so every one of you have newer bands and it's just an awesome it's an awesome energy and vibe you guys have given to this whole area so the funny thing about that I'm from Jersey I travel down to Delaware like, oh my god, I always just thought it was funny is because you always come with Caden and KK. But yeah. because you were but because you were in Gara, I'm like, wait, is she from Delaware? Like how does this work? No. So that's even, damn. Yeah. Okay. I travel down to Delaware one to two we'll times. Have to now we're gonna have to change your intro. <laughs> <laughs> but that's great. It's it's fine. It's, it's totally fine. I yeah, I travel down to Delaware like two one to two times a week 
just to practice with these guys. It is well over 100 miles, but I'm more than happy to make the time to come down and see everyone. And like you said about everyone like being across states, like the amount of miles I've put on my fucking car driving to shows it's insane. Obviously, I'm not complaining. I love going to shows. But like you said, it is states wide. You're going you're going like sometimes you're in Connecticut, sometimes you're you're down in Delaware, sometimes you're in fucking Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Like as far out as these shows are, it's it's insane to me to think that like we're all still connected even though we all live so fucking far away and we all found each other through hardcore. It's all so, it's all so strange to think about, but it's awesome at the same time. Now it's, it's, it's carrying on a tradition within our, in our, in our subculture. You guys do a great job of it. I'm going to ask you a bunch of quick, shorter questions right. to get like a kind of vibe of like where you're at with things that I've asked some of the other people who are on this episode. So when it comes to the modern hardcore stuff, do you find yourself running into younger folks who come up with like whether they're out of either being worried that people may make fun of them or just pure disinterest when you ask them like, "Hey, you ever hear a ch- killing time?" and they may sound, they say something like, "Ah, oh, it's not really my thing." I've always wondered if the younger kids that say it's not my thing just don't want to tell somebody they never checked it out, or if there's kids who literally are in hardcore right now who don't actually listen to some of the classic hardcore stuff. I think it is 1000% anytime someone says like, oh, I'm not really into them. They're fucking lying. They've never listened to Killing Time. They they just they just fake this disinterest cuz they don't want to be caught off guard on not like being um well versed in all of that. But there's absolutely no shame in not knowing like older bands. But the there is a little bit of shame in just being like, ah, oh, yeah, I, I've never heard, or I, they're just not my thing. Like, I'm not saying that I'm not guilty of it. It happens to everyone. Sometimes, sometimes that happens, but it, I can guarantee that any kid who says that they're not into Killing Time has never listened to Killing Time or the, any of those. We're on the same bands. page with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I also, there's a ton of bands like for me coming up. I was told a million times by older people, like, you've never seen this band. You know, like, the bands, all the bands you listen to aren't even real hardcore. Like, I, I was told that at my mid-teens all the way up into my mid-20s. And yep. there's still and there's still older bands that people like, can't believe you never heard this band. It's like, well, they were out in 1985. I was five then. I'm sorry. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> it's hard. Um, now, I, I've asked everyone the same question. Do you see being in a uh, being in a band as a way to one day not have to have a job? Absolutely not. I will have to work until the day I die. Um, bands, people who like join bands for profit and want to do like the whole mainstream route of like, all right, we're gonna get big. We're gonna cater to the audiences who want to hear this kind of like. This this just the cer- certain style of music, the certain style of hardcore that will go mainstream easily, and then you'll you'll join a big record label and you'll you'll tour a bunch. Sure, you'll make so much money, but there's not a great amount of respect in that. Like people who go into bands 
saying, we're going to make a lot of money off of this. We're going to be big. If you can do it, do it. Fuck it. But I don't think that I will ever, ever be in that position. And I don't think I would want to ever be in that position unless somehow, some way, everyone, like, just like all like the smaller-ish hardcore bands go crazy mainstream. I hope that never happens. <laughs> but yeah, that's my stance on that. I think when it comes to mainstream, the world has a different lens now than say like 20 years ago where like when I was in high school, Sick of It All had a video on an MTV, but that didn't make all the people who were into Nirvana or into heavy metal or into other god-awful music immediately know what hardcore was. In fact, even with Beastie Boys, who were really huge at the time, dropping a 7-inch that was basically fast New York hardcore, none of that really changed the entire scope of who was in my high school. So mm-hmm. when when I see modern-day things like the, the turnstile stuff, which I've talked about on the podcast, you know, um, H2, uh, H2O was on Conan O'Brien. That didn't make millions of fans for H2O. But I think today's internet culture and the way that the youth of you know your 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 current yeah. your current group of uh kids the internet is everything so when they see a band getting bigger they're like oh my god this is going to be huge where it's like even the internet has limits yeah i would say like any band who gets big naturally it's fantastic like the h2o the sicko doll back in the day um just blowing up without having to like change there's a basically what I'm saying is there's no respect in selling out to make money, but obviously if you like something naturally catches on, like, like you mentioned, that's fantastic. But, um, more of like people who join bands with like the notion that they're going to essentially sell out. I don't think there's a lot of respect in that. Um, is more what I was trying to say, but I do agree with you. The internet kind of changes things. Um, it's, it's like right now the internet is a lot different than I'm going to assume like seeing a music video on MTV back in the day. Um, things catch on a lot quicker than um, I would assume in the 90s. I wasn't there in the 90s, obviously, <laughs> but um the internet definitely changed the scope of things and how um, things catch on and how people like enjoy those things. I find that a lot of kids in your age group have like a nineties obsession and it's very bizarre to me. It's very bizarre to me (laughs) because it's like, it's kind of like, and I've said it, it's like a bunch of young idiots are trash picking through the nineties and they're picking up some of the worst, like, there's an obsession <laughs> with there's an obsession with shit like third eye blind and I'm like how how does this oh, happen? Jesus. <laughs> I I will admit I do really like some like really shitty 90s emo, and I, I'm sure that like anyone who was alive in the 90s would just fucking roll their eyes at that at some of that shit. But what are we what what bands are we talking about? Anything good? Honestly, nothing specific. I'm not super into that, but like citing the 90s. I definitely like some like 
just really shitty fucking bands. But honestly, nothing comes to mind. When you uh, when you were first getting into hardcore music, were you doing everything digital or were you getting like hand down anything physical copies? Um, mostly digital. The only time I have gotten physical music from a friend or just like someone trying to show me music was my friend Matt. He hit me up and was like, Shay, I've got a bunch of seven inches. They're not available online. I want you to check them out. And I listened to them. It was fucking awesome. Um, I think it was like, I think this band has music online, but I think it was like the Little Rascals. Okay. And there, there was one straight edge band that I will never remember the name of. Um, that's the only time that I've been handed physical music and said, here, check this out. Most of it has just been like someone sending me a link to a video or someone's telling me to like look up a band. Um, no physical music though. When did you, when did you get inspired to start a zine? Ooh, for the zine, honestly, I was just kind of like fucking around. I was bored. I saw some of my friends having zines and I was like, well, I can do this too. Mostly um, the Jersey Slide. Um, It doesn't exist anymore. But back in like 2019, they like 2019, 2020, I would just see um, like my buddies making these zines. And I was like, I didn't realize how easy it was to make a zine. And I just decided I sat down and was like, all right, I'm going to start off small. I'll interview reaching out just because they're, they're my best friends. It would be the easiest to interview. I interviewed um, a photographer, one of my photographer friends up in Connecticut. And I included like a poem from one of my friends in New York City. But... I just really wanted to start a zine to kind of just showcase what's going on in like hardcore in art, anything in the surrounding area. Um, just so people can like know what's going on and, and just so I can have like an artistic outlet. Cause I wasn't in a band. I wasn't doing anything back then. And I really wanted to be involved in something in hardcore. Like I got really sick of just like going to shows and doing nothing. I wasn't in a band, didn't have any musical talent at all. Um, every band that I tried to start before that, like, immediately went to shit. So I just needed a way to, like, make art, get people involved in that kind of shit, and um, use that as a way for me to get involved in hardcore more, more so than I was. Now, you brought up art. So yes. was art something that you were interested in before hardcore and then like what ha- art have you seen in hardcore so far has inspired you? Oh, absolutely. Um, when I was in high school, I did my whole, like I was in, um, AP art, which is just like a, basically a higher level art class where you focus on something for a year. Uh, you, you study something and you make art based around that. I, did my whole like study on um like what do, what does hardcore mean to people what how does hardcore punk integrate itself into united states culture and i kind of ma- mainly focused on like 
how punk ideals like manifest themselves into um like widespread culture just the just the basics like not wanting to go to college not listening to the government um hating cops all of that i kind of just went through 80 show flyers and took a lot of inspiration from that i forgot exactly who exactly which artist i took the, my most inspiration from they he did a lot of art for the dead kennedys and that's mainly like where i got most of my inspiration from doing that but just looking at like older style show flyers where someone like pastes a bunch of like cutouts they've they've found in like you know cds newspapers whatever and just made it diy it all just looked so just just sick as fuck and was really just inspired by like diy show flyers and like um namely the one artist who did a bunch of shit for the dead kennedys and i cannot figure out is it um the name of that guy right now is, i i if it, i'm trying to even think because there's a couple different there's a couple different names that come to mind yeah and um but uh i'll break it down to you that i think not only in correlating the old the old classics into your modern ideas of hardcore but also understanding the depth of art and its impact in hardcore is really cool. In fact, I think the older I get, I, th I think I spent more money in the last year, not on records, but on books with old hardcore flyers and art because it's something that still sticks with me and impresses me. Just the depth and the character, even from 40 years ago, like the most simple flyer can be so fucking powerful at times. So I love hearing that you're interested and and um actually checking out old school art like that. Oh, for sure. I think one thing that does go super overlooked now in hardcore is just the the art on flyers. Like these the people that are making flyers nowadays put in so much fucking work and it's awesome. Like like sure you're going to you're going to get your shitty like show flyer you can tell someone put it together on their phone but some of these show flyers are literally just like fucking phenomenal these are like actual artists but it's mostly all diy at the same time which still fucking blows my mind like even fucking caden he knows how to make a an awesome show flyer he puts he puts a lot of fucking work into that kind of shit like that that is one thing that's overlooked but it's still like, like you said, back in the 80s, the simplest flyer could hold so much weight. I kind of feel that way about like early hardcore bands as well. Like the simplest song could hold so much fucking weight. And back in the day, like, I wouldn't say it's all simple, but earlier hardcore is a lot. Um, it's very simple, but it packs such a fucking punch. No, I couldn't agree more. Um, before I let you go, what's the next steps for Guru? What do we got? Or what do we got going on? We got um, any new recordings? Any big shows? What's the What's the immediate goal? Goal. So right now, um, we're preparing to go on tour next, starting next week. We've had five shows coming up, um, so we've all been collectively stressing ourselves the fuck out about that. Me and Caden both booked that together. Um, 
yeah, it was basically just me and Caden um, going to different promoters, booking it. We're going, starting off from a show I booked in Jersey at Debonair on Tuesday. We're going to Connecticut, then playing in media, then going out to Long Island playing there, and then going down to um, Baltimore. But I love it. I love yeah. it. I love that you guys booked it yourselves. Yeah, it was a lot of a lot of um fighting with Caden, bickering with everyone in the bands, going back and forth with promoters trying to get everything figured out. But every everything ended up working out and I'm really excited to go on that tour with them. But after that, we plan on on um hopefully recording and releasing an EP sometime at the beginning of 2023. Hopefully in like January, February. Um, but we're working on writing that, just playing whatever shows we can and yeah, just, just seeing what we can do. Nah, it's absolutely fantastic. And, um, again, this episode is really just about showcasing some amazing young people who have not just found shows and, oh, this is pretty cool, but Every one of you are in bands. You're traveling hundreds of miles for shows. You're supporting everything, not just showing up for when your band plays. And it's the the non-fake feelings. It's like the legitimate. When I see you guys all together, there's like, it's such a mixed group. You know, you got boys, girls. You got every kind of hardcore look, modern, old school, skinheads. It's, it's fucking incredible. And it just keeps me excited to be like, okay, the young kids actually get this. And that's why I wanted you to be on the show. And I just really appreciate you. So um, just thank you for coming on and talking about everything. And shout out social media is how people can get in touch with oh, you or yeah. how people get in touch with your band. And um, just thank you for everything that you do for Hardcore around here. Thank you so much for having me on. I really do appreciate everything that you said. And um having having me on having me kk and kaden on those are a bunch they're idiots but they're my best friends um so it's it's awesome being being able to be on an episode with them being able to talk with you about just hardcore and shit but um as for socials just my regular social media just shay trush for garot it's g-a-r r o-t-e d-e-h-c um, and then for the zine, it's, I think it's just judgment day fanzine. Um, I'm going to get my shit together in the fall and release a second issue. So look forward to that. Um, but yeah, that's about it. Thank you so much again. Really appreciate no, th you. No, thank you. And sorry for uh, accusing you of being from Delaware when from your, the garden state of New Jersey. <laughs> so exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well you have a great day and thank you once again you as well thank you
This was Last Man Out. The track is Bound to Bleed. New track from a new Soupy project. I have absolutely tortured Ben for quite some time. And he has really grown on me. And no one moshes more and at every show and puts 100% in. It's incredible to see. And I just hope he has the energy and endurance to do it for the next 20 years. Because if so, hardcore would be in an absolutely amazing place. And just like everybody else, this kid's everywhere, every show, supporting every band. It's fucking fantastic. And I hope you enjoy this one. Closing out this episode, I cannot think of a better person to speak with in regards to the new breed, the young kids, and the people that have made the Philadelphia area hardcore scene a better place in the last couple of years. Than none other than Ben Stuckey, and I won't use your I won't use a nickname that I give you. So, I, I like that nickname, but <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, thank you for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. I, you know, I've been listening since like the first episode, so pretty weird feeling. Hey, man! It only took ninety episodes for you to get on one, so good job, bud. I mean, if I was you, I would have held that a little bit longer. But <laughs> this is the right. Play. This is the right time. This is the right time to have you on. So, you grew up in Bethlehem, or did you grow up somewhere else? Yeah, no, I've lived in Bethlehem pretty much my whole life. Like I was born in Atlanta, but I lived there till I was one. Like I don't remember it. <laughs> You're from Bethlehem. You're um, yeah. a son of PA hardcore, the fatherland, as Richie would call it. And um, state ever. Where or what was the thing that you were listening to that got you into punk and hardcore? Like, what was the impetus to get you exposed to this? I mean, like, I had always been like, I guess my mom listened to like punk adjacent stuff, but I never really saw it that way. Uh, the record that like really got me like into punk and like the band, I saw. Two of my friends in sixth or seventh grade passing a no effects CD, and I I liked the way it looked because I was like, oh that's funny. It had like George Bush with the clown makeup on because it was the War on Errorism record, and I'd been super like political from like a young age and stuff like that. So I went home and listened to it, and I thought it was funny, and I liked how fast it was and how political it was, and that was the jumping off point for me. And from there, they for some reason like name drop bands like crazy so that like i like heard all the bands they referenced like minor threat and suicidal tendencies and dri and those were like all the next bands that i would listen to then how old were you when this was happening 
Uh, I was about 12 or 13. It's pretty badass. And you're 21 or 22 now? I just turned 23 in February. Phew, getting old on us, man. Oldest guy on this episode. I love this. <laughs> so you were entering high school, essentially, when you started fighting punk rock. Yeah, well, when I started going to shows, definitely, and stuff like that. Like, middle school and stuff, I had already, like, I was in, like, 7th and 8th grade. I, like, fucking wore, like, plaid pants to school. I had, like, a little punk vest that I had made for myself and stuff like that. Like, the whole spiky punk gimmick, I was in on it. You know what I mean? At what point? I started going to shows. At what point did you start playing music? Or trying to play an instrument, that is. Uh, I didn't really, like, I, me and my friends, and, like, when we were in seventh grade, you know, we had all kind of found this music together and stuff like that, and we're all like, oh, like, we're going to start a band, we're going to do it, and stuff like that. And I'm like, all right, I'll learn bass. And my other friends were like, all right, I'll, we'll learn the other stuff. And I think I was the only one that picked up my end of the deal at the time and stuff like that. Uh, so I guess, like, seventh, eighth grade, I started learning how to play, I taught myself how to play bass. It's pretty fucking cool. So what were the first shows that you were going to? Or did you see like rock concerts and stuff like that before that? Uh, the only, like, I had seen like a, like a classic rock concert with my mom. I saw Kansas as a kid. That's one that I remember. The first like punk Dust concert. Dust in the Wind. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. The first punk concert I went to was like a Danzig with, Doyle and like during halfway through the Danzig set Doyle came out and they played Misfits songs that was pretty cool um but like I that was still when I was like 12 or 13 and then when I was 14 my friend found some local show at the Burners in Bethlehem uh for just like some a bunch of random like smaller bands and stuff like that but I'm like oh we're fucking going and I I was like hooked like the it, it was like if you've ever been to that place or like anyone has, they know what that place is like. It's super small, smoky as hell because they still allow smoking indoors and everyone's just so wasted there and stuff like that. But I had a great time and stuff like that. The singer of the one band like hit me. He like smacked me across the face with the microphone and I had a giant bruise on my face, but I thought, I thought it was addictive. What did your family think about you getting into punk rock and hardcore? They they were kind of like fine with it, you know what I mean? My um my uncle was in a punk band in the Lehigh Valley in like the 90s and stuff like that and like my other like my air quotes uncle, he dated like one of my aunts and stuff like that. He's uh the drummer of FOD and stuff Whoa. like that. Yeah. Legendary uh, then, Philadelphia hardcore. Yeah, literally and stuff like that. And then my actual uncle played in the Leah Valley punk band, Mr. Yuck. Holy and, shit. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but the thing is, neither of them showed me this music and stuff like that. I found it on my own. And then they were like, wait, you like this stuff? And then they were like, so it was like a funny thing we talked about after I got into it. No, all still pretty badass. So what were some of the shows that you were first going to, like at a, the smaller stuff? when you were first getting into going to your own shows? Yeah, I mean, I was just kind of going to whatever I could and stuff like that, like local stuff around the valley, because I didn't have a smartphone, and or I didn't have, like, any social media till I was, like, 17 or 18. 
So I was kind of just like picking things up from flyers and stuff that were like around town, either at like the record stores or outside the venues and stuff like that. Like some bands that I saw a bunch at the time were like local Valley bands, like bad American. I saw them a bunch. Uh, who else? I saw this band man beast a bunch. That guy's still playing in bands and controller now and stuff like that. Uh, I remember we talked about a while ago. I saw, it's funny how I discovered Blacklisted was I saw George's um, like folk project or whatever, play like a small show in Bethlehem. And my friend told me that he's like, oh yeah, this guy's other band is on Death Wish. And I was like, oh cool, I'll go check him out. And then, so I, I might be the only person to have ever known Harm Wolf before Blacklisted. <laughs> It's pretty fucking random and weird, but I love it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just kind of like went to whatever I could, really. There, Valley shows, grow, when I was growing up, were always really weird and stuff like that, where it was like, every show was like a mixed bill, you know what I mean? Just because, either because they couldn't get like enough punk bands or something like that, so it would always be like an indie band, a hardcore band, a fucking like crust thing, and then like a emo band a headline or something like that like, it was always the most random shit now how was the scene then and then what was the stuff that you were you were just kind of stuck because of your age or when did you first started traveling beyond what the immediate scene was uh when i was younger the scene was i mean it was it's just very different from like uh how Philly is and stuff like that. Uh, Eric Wolf could probably tell you this too, but like at a certain point, like certain people just started booking shows and stuff like that. And the dynamic kind of changed and stuff. Like when I was a kid, like coming up a little bit, like certain kind of hardcore dancing at a lot of shows was like, like the more style that we're more used to and stuff like that. Like that was like kind of frowned upon it seemed like. And like, if you mosh too hard, people would get fucking pissed at you. Like I, I got told as a kid, like, from people that were like, like I was like 16 and this dude that was like 21 told me, he's like, you push me again. I'm going to beat the shit out of you and stuff like that. Uh, like people were always getting into fights over like moshing and stuff like that. It was very weird. Uh, so when I came to Philly, it was like definitely a big adjustment. That alone was like having to learn this different style of mosh. Uh, but I started coming to Philly. I didn't really get to go out until I turned 18 because i i got that's when i started driving i didn't drive till i was 18 and uh you know it was just getting to philly was like it was too far that my parents didn't want to drive me all my friends had kind of dropped out at this point already and stuff like that like like they all just got into different shit like my one friend just kind of listens to like mainstream metal or like the most insane shit you've ever heard and the other kid just like listens to rap now so it's, i was the only one still going to local shows even Interesting, and um, what? How long ago was that? Was it like a couple years after we st we first started finding shows? So it was like, and how old were you then? Yeah, like seventeen years old. All my friends kind of stopped coming around. So like, we started going when we were fourteen to like local stuff, and then they they were just kind of done with it and stuff like that. But honestly, so that I, I I love them and stuff like that, and. uh but I wasn't like super surprised because like they they just never felt the same way about it as 
I did. I don't think, at least in the sense of like, I like really leaned into the stuff like the music and wearing all the shirts and like the subculture aspects and stuff like that. And they just kind of like had a good time with it. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. No, I think um, especially early on, as you start at a young age, you end up one time with all the people you start with kind of get lost and aren't really interested anymore. But, I mean, yeah. knowing you now, I can't see you going back and just being, like, a normal human who just, like, hangs out with their regular high school kids. I, do, I mean, it's weird because it's like, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I've never been a fucking normal human. I just at one point listened to, like, normal music and stuff like that. Uh, like, the Beatles were my favorite band up until I discovered No Effects. Uh, but, like, now it's like, it literally I could not picture living a different way than I do now. So I, I don't know why anyone would want to. The next question is, at what point did you start traveling down further south towards, like, beyond the Lehigh Valley? Yeah. Uh, when I started going to college, I was like, part of the reason I chose uh, Widener was that it was so close to Philly and stuff. And I just wanted to be able to, like, go to shows in Philly. That's literally all it was and stuff. Like, I knew this one dude who booked, like, house shows and, like, more emo stuff, but, like, just, like, I just really wanted to be around, like, the music scene in Philly, uh, which is why I went to school at Widener. Because so, it was, like, literally then I'm, like, 30 minutes, I can make that easy. Like, that's an easy drive. So that's pretty much why I started coming around to the Philly hardcore shows then. It was a very interesting first visual <laughs> moment with you. Yeah, that, that's to say the least. I was I was in going into some stuff, going through some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so my first um my first look at young Ben Stuckey was a young skinhead wearing some I won't say baggy shorts, I'll just say you were pencil thin, so your shorts didn't even like weren't even tight. And somehow you're moshing with some docks and fishnets. And this is at the first Philly hardcore barbecue that Bob put on a Quaker town. And we were all kind of bedazzled, like, who's this weird young skinhead kid in fishnets? And we've come a long we've come a long way since then, Ben. We have. We have. Oh, fucking tell me about it. <laughs> and uh, um now you are almost ubiquitous with every show that we are involved with down here. To the point where you have made your way into the team and the Philly Hardcore shows and the shows that you book, Ben Stuckey's presents, kind of buttoned up all inside the Philly Hardcore shows team, and I love it. But um, before we get too deep into that, how did you feel after that first Philly Hardcore shows barbecue? I mean, like I had been to like a couple of the Philly Hardcore shows before that and stuff like that. Like, I'd been to a couple at the pharmacy, and I was at the Payback first show, but, like, the Unity Barbecues where I, like, really felt like, oh, no, this is something that I'm a part of. I'm not just going to shows here. Like, this is, like, a scene that I'm in now and stuff like that. Because, like, that was when I, I met Keith that day. I met Molly that day. I met so many Who? people. Uh, I met Tyler, Mullen, and Keith from Payback. And, like, so I just met, like, and Kev. I had met... I think I met Kev that day and stuff like that. Um, 
and like I just a ton of people that like are now like close friends and stuff like that uh and that was also the first time like me Keith Eric Marty like all dance for every band of the barbecue and stuff like that which has since become tradition but honestly at that time it was just because I was so like because I didn't really know anyone I was just like dancing out of nervous ang- like anxiety almost because I'm like well, what the fuck else am I gonna do like I'm just standing around otherwise but that that was a day I really felt like I was a part of the scene and like honestly being a part of a bigger scene like that is something that I always wanted but never really felt growing up in the valley and stuff like that so it was really perfect for me after that now you are a little older than some of the people we have in on the show but I have to still include you as part of this new young generation being built up from as the Northeast all the way through New Jersey into Delaware. And I have to wonder how it feels to be in this crop, the latest crop and the latest generation of kids, all of who um, spent a lot of time at the Philly hardcore shows. I mean, I literally couldn't be happier and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, this stuff, like I, fe- I felt like it was a rite of passage when my one girlfriend broke up with me because I was too into hardcore and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, this shit's my fucking life. You know what I mean? Like, I spend every weekend pretty much in Philly. I hope to move down within the next year or two. Uh, like, just all these kids that have been doing bands and stuff like that, it's just awesome to see and to finally be able to play in bands with people that are passionate about the same stuff that I am. It's like a surreal feeling almost because for a while it felt like it was literally never going to happen. Yeah, I remember asking you about other bands you were in. You're like, I just want to be in a band. So when you finally started joining some bands and then when you guys started putting Fool's Game together, I'm like, all right, the kid's finally got it. He's finally on to something here. <laughs> I mean, that it took a while, you know what I mean? Like even before, like, I'd been, I was going to do a straight edge band when I was in like, early 2019 or something like that and then it just fell apart because like people broke edge people were too busy then spirit flaw happened but then it took us so long to get the demo out that like by the time covid was over we got to play a couple shows and we were kind of just like fizzling out uh snub nose was just not built to last due to lineup stuff uh and then when Clemo asked me to join Fool's Game, I was so excited because I loved the demo when I had heard it. And, like, that was just, like, that kind of, like, faster, more straightforward hardcore is, like, the stuff that I've always been in love with. And, like, that's the stuff that I got me into hardcore. So, like, that was, I jumped at the chance when he's like, yo, do you want to play bass for this? I was like, yes, <laughs> please. So. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of people on the show have been talking about their love of like the traditional foundation hardcore bands. And I find that and have been saying it this entire show, but I find it interesting that an entire group of kids who are all under, you know, you're now 22, but when you first started, you were under 18 and you find this fast, aggressive punk rock music and you got excited about it because what I see on the internet is a ton of people who are, sometimes not 18, but like 22, 23, 24, even in their late 20s, finding yeah. hardcore, and they completely eschew and have no 
patience or even understanding of like the old school hardcore bands that I know all you guys love. So I find I find it fine. I find it fantastic that all you young, you know, all you young kids really do understand the roots of this whole thing. I mean, personally, I, I can't imagine like being into hardcore, but not being into like the more fast side of it and stuff like that. Like that would be crazy to, to me personally. Like, who was I talking? I was talking with one of the kids a while ago and stuff like that. And even though it's like I begrudgingly have to respect his opinion that Marauder is better than Agnostic Front, like I could never imagine feeling that way <laughs> and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, I, I it's a weird thing too when like I meet people that just aren't interested in like digging back and listening to like the earlier bands that like started our whole thing. And uh. Another thing that you hold a lot of um, connection with that the rest of the people on the show were talking about was just the constant travel through the states, the hundreds of miles spent across an entire weekend Dude. just to be a just to be a part of shows. And you know, it's like I don't mind it at this point. You know what I mean? Like I love a nice two-hour drive into Philly. Not bad. Takes me an hour to get home is really not bad at all and i like driving so it could be worse but then i get so frustrated thinking about people that are like oh like the show's like 20 minutes outside of philly ah, i don't know if i want to go to that and stuff like that because clearly we just don't feel the same way about it you know what i mean if like we're all like young people tr willing to drive upwards of two hours if not further to go to shows and some people won't drive across town it's insane to me now i'm gonna ask you some simple things just because i want to keep in accordance with some of the conversations we had earlier um do you look at being in a band as a way to getting out of ever having to have a job <laughs> oh no i'd like i mean i'd like to think that but the fact that anyone cares about any band i'm in is actually insane to me uh no, I, I think that, if anything, my job pays for me to do this stuff. You know what I mean? Like, the, it it allows me to do this stuff, which is, even though it's like I don't like my job, but it pays me enough that I can book as many shows as I want, I can travel as much as I want, and I don't have to worry about shit. I love that you're a part of the show booking thing now. And, you know, I look forward to being able to help you even more because I know you give a fuck about the bands that you put on. And you're like the helpful kid who's like, yeah, I can help this band now. I know they need a show. And I think a lot of promoters, that's how they get their start. So talk a little bit about how you first started doing shows. Yeah, I mean, uh, the first show that I helped out with, uh, it was like Raw Life, Street Struck, Scrutinize, uh, Ilcom and Spirit Flaw and Media PA, and that was me, Jacob Smith, and uh, a now excommunicated Philly hardcore dude that doesn't come around anymore. And he, but we all just wanted to like, I think, do shows and stuff like that. But like, we figured there was too much happening in Philly and stuff like that, so we figured we'd go out to the Burbs and stuff. And that first, that was the first show at the Media VFW and. A long time i think so that was and that went pretty well and stuff like that and then the one that i like got me like really started though was the one i did for my birthday back in february and stuff like that uh 
that one went really well. I thought that was a broken vow, not one truth off the tracks, snub nosed, and I think I'm forgetting someone. Oh, hesitate. Uh, and after that, I was like, I had said to myself, I'm like, I'm doing one show a month, like at the very least, and stuff like that. And now it's more like I'm doing like two to three a month at least. So it it really picked up as like the show started to continue and stuff like that. But the reactions have been great. And the fact that like my, <laughs> I think my favorite thing that has happened at any of them is still, I think you were there for this uh, when Kev kind of admitted, he's like, Ben, you proved me wrong with the stupid, student ID discount thing because <laughs> I was putting that on every one of my flyers and he was bringing his old college IDs to get the discount and stuff like that, which I'm like, <laughs> you know what? I'm glad someone's using it, whatever. You know what I mean? And then that show in uh, Delco, the media one with carried by six and killing me the first garage show. Um, like that there were so many kids there that like used the either their high school ID or their college ID to get in and stuff like that. We actually couldn't believe it. And I'm like, it's like literally fucking children of the corn here. <laughs> like you guys better watch your back and stuff like that. Uh, no, it's awesome. That, that was probably the best feeling I've had for many of my shows was just seeing all the kids come out. Cause again, it's like for a long time in the Valley, I was like the only young kid coming around cause all my friends kind of bailed and stuff like that. So, Seeing that made me really happy. How does it feel being a part of this big group of younger kids and these bands from reaching out and killing me and Garot? And, you know, it, it, how does it feel in general to just be a part of this big group? And then, I mean, I had said earlier um, that it was awesome for me as a, you know, putting on this hardcore for so many years to see the new faces that have been at the shows and the new bands getting up early and helping out and then staying late and putting the tents away and just being a part of the whole fest just blew me away. Just the, the effort and the thought yeah. that you guys put into the scene here is just fantastic. I mean, yo, that to me, that's like what it's all about and stuff like that. Like literally it's like, it's corny, but like, don't ask what the scene can do for you. You know what I mean? Like ask what you can do to like help out and stuff like that. Cause like, I think the way that I started, like, helping out with the church stuff was literally i just was like yo do you need help with anything like do you need me to take trash out and you were like yeah can you take trash out and i'm like yeah no problem you know what i mean like you literally don't have to do or be able to do anything you just have to be like wanting to and i think all those kids are a good example like for this hardcore they all bought tickets and stuff like that still but then they also came and helped out just because they wanted to be a part of something that was bigger than them they wanted to be a part of this thing that we have um, going forward with this, because I just love what you said about don't ask what the scene can do for you. You're doing so much from the, for the scene. Um, give us a rundown of some shows you have coming up and give us a rundown of what's going on with the bands you're in. Yeah. Here, let me pull them up real quick just so I don't forget anyone or anything in particular and stuff like that. Uh, the one that is coming up next that I'm doing is on, a. September 3rd, we have September 3rd and 4th, we have uh, two shows that Labor Day weekend in media. The first one on September 3rd is going to be Jive Bomb 
killing there's literally like half the young crowd and stuff like that it's jive bomb killing me reaching out grot and uh new like a new posse band from wilkes-bear called crashing down that uh one of the only younger dudes from wilkes-bear jacob rodney is fronting and stuff like that so i think that'll be cool and then the day after that is going to be a cool little mix of the old and the new that's going to be the rock bottom not one truth conduit last man out so i think that one will probably be really fun just seeing rock bottom in a small spot like that i never got to see them when they were in their prime and then the last one is one that me and alex teamed up on again and stuff like that working with her is always fun makes things easier for both of us and that is going to be uh, th this new band, Curate, from New Jersey. A lot of good dudes in that. Uh, the band Big Shot from the Hudson Valley. Montclair, like a good emo hardcore mix from Connecticut. And uh, Deal With God from Syracuse. I don't know if you've heard them, but they're like... They're kind of, they sound like Division of Mine, basically. But they're very good. And uh, Regrown from New Jersey. So, And that'll be at the Darby VFW. And that'll be September 11th. Darby, huh? Yeah. Dang, guys are going down there. I know. It was uh we 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 kind of got pushed to the limit venue-wise and stuff like that, but I was oh. glad we were able to make the show work for these bands on their run. Nah, it's cool. I love that you're helping out bands, and I think that's a big part of the water wheel is that the bands like Fool's Game, they're traveling more and more. You know, you're giving the help to the bands that are coming through the town. Um Talk a little bit about the Fool's Game Risk stuff and talk about what shows you guys got going on with Fool's Game in the coming months. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Fool Risk has just, like, I don't even know how it started, but just, like, we literally played together once, and we were just, like, we want to do fucking everything with you guys. You know what I mean? Like, it, we were just, like, oh, we just became super quick friends. Uh, we played another show then pretty soon after that on Long Island together, and we're actually... We just got thrown on to that show this weekend that uh, is going on in New York, which is like Buried Dreams, Risk, Shackled, Missing Link, Carried by Six, and now Fool's Game is going to open that up. So Dang. that's what, we, yeah, I think that's going to be a, a super fun lineup. To, we're excited to be back at AMH, too. That Long Island show was fun the last time. Uh, and then this fall, we have uh, that big, I think it's literally called the Fall Brawl, yeah. That we're doing with Risk, D Block, and uh, Strangle You. And uh, I'll actually pl be playing bass for Risk on this whole run, too. So that'll be exciting. Um, but it's going to be 10 days from Connecticut down to uh, Alabama and then back up to Boston. Now, all this activity and in such a short time, what do you think? you've learned about yourself and all this through all the activities and things you've done with hardcore? I don't know. What have I learned about myself? That's, that's tough. Cause I'm my own biggest critic normally. Uh, I guess I'm someone that likes keeping really busy. If nothing else, you know what I mean? Like I hate having too much time on my hands. It's hard for me to sit still. Um, and I think I, thrive in a I think I think most people thrive in a community of people like this and stuff like that like it's very easy to want to be alone and stuff like that but like 
even though like I you said it earlier and stuff like that, like you were excited to show me more and stuff like that. But even just like from like hanging out with you and Bob and stuff like that before I was even like working, I feel like that is like influenced the way I put my shows on and stuff like that. Like uh, like friends of mine will tell you and stuff like that. Like I've kind of copied your move. Like when I'm when it's time to count money and stuff like that, people will come up and try and talk to me, and I'm like, not now. Like I need to focus. Like don't talk to me. <laughs> like yeah. So and like just like the way you do doors, the way I flyer and stuff like that. I think. It's been a big learning process, and I don't know. I, I obviously still have a lot to learn, and I'm just excited for it. I guess another thing I've learned, if nothing else, is that I'm fucking resilient <laughs> just for rolling with the punches that happen sometimes. I think um, there's a lot that you give to the scene, and in return you've gotten so much back. It's fantastic to watch you rise within this and give us all so much support. You're the first kid at the show sometimes helping out. You're the last one to leave with us. You're the kid who moshes for every single band of every single show. I have so seldomly seen you ever act like a dick, and I've so seldomly heard you say, oh, this band's not very good. You have you have this tendency to give so much of yourself to hardcore, and for such a young age, it's absolutely been fucking incredible. And I mean, I appreciate it, man. I, but like I said before, it's like I honestly don't know how to live any other way at this point. You know what I mean? Like I'm just in, I guess. No, you're you're a, you're a young lifer, it seems. And I really just appreciate you having you on the show. Wanted to talk about some things you had going on. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Let us know how people can reach out to you if they want to get shows booked. Let us uh, people know how they can reach out to Fool's Game. And um, just thank you for everything you've done for me. And thank you for everything you've done for our scene and everything you've done for all these bands that have come through town because of your ability to bring them here. I mean, likewise, you know what I mean? Like, thank you for dealing with me when I was a fucking... You were nicer to me when I was a fucking weirdo dressed like a weird little fuck and you were nice to me when I probably didn't always deserve it and even the times that I fucked up and stuff like that so I really appreciate that and uh even to all the bands that asked me to play and stuff like that like I should be thanking them that they even asked me you know what I mean they could have gone to anyone so the fact that they come to me uh it means a lot that they put their trust in me like that and I hope I can just give them a good show but if you want to hit me up just you can either yeah, I won't put my phone number out there like a goddamn idiot. Uh, <laughs> I literally God, almost wish. put my fucking phone number. Actually, stupid. All right, you can just hit me up on Instagram at BenXStookie. And, uh, yeah, check out Fool's Game. Follow us. Get ready for our tour. We actually have a 7-inch coming Where out. Where do people follow you? On Instagram at Fool's Game Hardcore. Uh, our record will be out in November off Street Fight. It's going to be a five-song EP. We have a song on the one scene unity comp coming out in a couple weeks and stuff like that and uh the band that i'm fronting last man out just put out uh our little split tape on street fight records too so you can find that with them awesome man thank you for everything you've put in the hardcore in such a short time thank you for being the person that you are and carrying the hardcore spirit with you wherever you go means a lot to me man Thank you. I appreciate everything you've given me for real. Nah, you're my man. Take care, buddy. Take care, bud. So with Stucky, that wraps up 
the new breed episode. Really hope you enjoyed this. I know it's been a long one. Haven't hit the three hour mark in quite some time, but here the fuck we are. Three hours later, you have now just listened to either the new breed, the youth of today, the young ones, however you want to say it. These kids, these hardcore kids are our future and we are blessed that they are from our area and they are a shining example of the best things to come out of this new generation. And as much as I bring up the internet and shit talk some of these young people, not these specific people, but in general, some of the stupid ideas, these young kids in the flesh every weekend in and out showcase that hardcore still has a lot more energy and a lot more life into it. Thank you for sticking around. And if you're listening this long, make sure to check out all the show notes at TIHCpodcast.com. We have not done a rule of three. We have not synced up our time. I don't even know what Broad Street Breakdown is anymore. Fucking OG and Vinny and Pablo, they guys got to get their shit together. Got a lot of shows on the way. Got a lot of cool shit coming this fall and winter's going to be wild. Once again, congratulations to Bob Wilson. Uh, condolences to John and Headfirst and his family. Just keep looking out for shows. There's going to be shows all over the place. And we've got a lot of great episodes. And next week celebrates two years of this being a podcast. And just thank you for supporting this whole time. Take care.